is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you all the features there for free. So enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Ours is free. Again, freetalklive.com. So, as, as usual, a bunch of stuff to discuss here tonight, but I wanted to start out with an email. Actually, it's a series of emails, and they're fairly lengthy. Uh, they're from somebody who is uh, kind of a friend of the show, Mark Emery. Now, uh, one of you two gentlemen, uh, Sam, Mark, you want to kind of tell a little backstory on who Mark Emery is? Mark Emery is a activist who uh, lived up in Canada, and he has has done uh, different forms of activism for a number of years. When he first started out, just books about uh, marijuana or, or anything that was illegal were illegal to sell in Canada. So the first thing he did was start up a, a magazine uh, subscription sales thing and went around selling these banned books and magazines and, and getting them into the hands of people. And he uh, moved on from there, eventually founded a bookstore in in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia, where he created a seed business and used the proceeds of the seed business to fund various uh, political outreach and uh, um, political groups or or cannabis-related groups that that were furthering the uh, legalization movement. Um, he also uh, created, he poured all of his profits basically into yeah. the movement, and he and he ran a you know his own bookstore, his own magazine. I mean, the guy was just is an incredible activist that has and an entrepreneur a lot of really. I mean, he's oh, a businessman yeah. and uh, is, is also was one of the most wanted people on the U.S. federal government's. I don't know if he was like on their top ten list, but the the DEA wanted this guy bad. Oh yeah, because he you know he would. Just flout. He would get on and tell people to overgrow the government. That if you just take these seeds out and plant them all around in your neighborhood, eventually it's going to become so commonplace. I mean, they are weeds that uh, th- there would be no stopping it. It would get so ridiculous for them eventually to uh, keep hacking these plants down every year. So what we're going to do here is uh, Mark and I, I, I was talking with Jody, his his lovely wife, who is uh, on the outside, kind of running their business and taking care of things, and she's got to have her hands full. Uh, but was talking to her about – I'd actually sent Mark a, a letter because in the beginning while he was in Supermax – he's in Supermax prison in Seattle because they extradited him and, mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, but he's in uh, the prison for not, for five years on these charges – this you know distributing seeds basically yeah and the um, the way it the way it went down was uh, you know there's a, there's a great deal of questioning going on as the legality of it remember this guy wasn't in the United States when he was doing this but he's in a United States prison well whatever they do is legal so well I I don't know that that's entirely <laughs> true but it's going to take years uh, of you know for him his appeals to go through too right and they're hoping to get him out of the U S and back into at least a Canadian prison um, at some point I hope that happens for him I know that's addressed here in one of the questions but. So anyway, I was in touch with his uh, his wife, Jody, and she said that there's actually a way to email people who are in federal prison, which was kind of a pleasant surprise. I mean, I understand that it's maximum security. When, was I, was in, in, when I was in prison, and this would have been, uh, you know, mid-90s, uh, yeah, mid-90s, I can tell you the officers were petrified of computers. <laughs> they, they, they were scared to death that a convict was somehow going to get a hold of a computer and 
take control of the prison as a result. Uh, open all the doors. <laughs> right. It was gonna be it was gonna be war games all over again. You know, these guys had no concept as yeah. to how these things worked. They just know they'd saw Hollywood movies. People get on computers and right. they make other make things happen. They're not supposed to be able to do. <laughs> hilarious. So apparently, uh, they they do have um, email, and I have he sent me so many messages here that because he, he's answered all these questions. I'm not sure where the details are, but they basically have to pay per minute uh, when they're on these uh, computers that, that that they've got there at the supermax. So, and I think he said he said he spends a few hours a day actually just reading and responding to emails, which. Mm. That's cool, man. He's got something to do. Anyway, he's going to tell us more about what he's been up to because uh, he suggested that I ask him some questions. Good suggestion. I figured rather than me doing it, let's let the listeners do it. So I put out over at facebook.freetalklive.com, I put out the request, if you could ask Mark Emery a question, what would it be? And so we got some responses. I sent those over to him. And the first question is, what have you learned during your stay so far in federal prison? Now, he's only been in for a, a few months here mm-hmm. at this point, and there was a significant extended period of time where he was in uh, the maximum lockdown prison thing. Isolation. Isolation, basically. yes. Yeah. Uh, essentially where the reason why they did that to him was because he was on the phone with his wife recording a podcast. And Sam, when you were in jail here in Cheshire County for 58 days because you didn't want to give them your, uh, your legal name, uh, they just held you without you know for an indefinite period of time. Uh, we were able to have you on the phone, no problem, and we put out several shows where, where you were on with us for an hour straight, just mm-hmm. telling us about your experience. Apparently, Mark Emery attempted to do the same thing from federal prison and was locked into a very uh, lonely place as a, as a result of that. So, uh, let me get into his answer here with no further ado. From Mark Emery, you can visit his website, CannabisCulture.com. His answer, I've been here since May 20th. Today is July 14th, so eight weeks so far. I spent 69 days in Canadian jails waiting to be extradited, so I've got 120, 124 days in so far. On a five-year sentence expected to be handed down by Judge Martinez on September 10th with 270 days good time, 15% off each year, minus 54 days for good behavior. Over the time of that sentence, I've got three years, 11 months, and a few days to go if I spend every day of my sentence in the U.S. penal system. My release date is June 16th, 2014. What I've learned is that I can cope educate myself, keep busy, and make the days go by quickly, even under adverse conditions. You never see the sun or the outside here. The food is poor. Normally, I'm a vegetarian, but they never serve fresh vegetables here. I was put in solitary confinement for 21 days and for merely having my wife record one of my phone calls. In solitary, I lost 12 pounds. He didn't seem to be a very big man in the first place. he's not, yeah. Uh, had no phone calls to anyone, including my lawyer, had no in-person visits with anyone, and normally only my wife is even qualified to visit, never got out of the cell. In solitary, or SHU as they call it, the special housing unit, food is meager. You are ignored virtually at all times, and you're in this small, isolated cell 24-7. You can't get hardly anything from the commissary, and of course, there is no phone or email. You get mail, that's it, which is what sustained me. Eventually, people were moved enough by my plight that I got 30-plus letters a day while in solitary. And that is something to really behold. That is something something. really special. The average prisoner in a federal or any other prison, I don't know how many letters they're getting per day. 10, 12 a year. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a lot. 
So it makes a difference when you're on the outside, just, you know, as an aside. Uh, it makes a difference when you've got an activist that's on the inside of jail. And right now there are a, a couple of them up here in, in New Hampshire that are in behind bars. And we've got a neat little system called Mail to Jail, mail-to-jail.com, that allows you to send a letter or a postcard to a jailed activist. Uh, and there are actually a couple folks on Mail to Jail that aren't in New Hampshire, but uh, allows you to send mail to prisoners Without any cost to you, just the cost of the time that it takes for you to compose your email or what is an email and then it's turned into a, it's printed out. Mike Barsky, one of the activists here, prints it out, slaps it into an envelope, puts a stamp on, addresses it, takes care of all of that stuff for you and puts it in the mail and does all of the, the you know, the tough part about writing a, a, you know, an old school postal mail letter. And of course, he accepts donations. So please send him some money for the postage at mail hyphen to hyphen jail dot com. Back to Mark Emery. So eventually people were writing him 30 plus letters a day while in solitary. Now I'm trying to write a letter of acknowledgement to everyone who wrote me, getting out five to eight letters each day, though it will take time to catch up. Good problem to have. Jeez, I can't imagine that he uh, (laughs) – they're not giving them those free stamps. I'm I'm just very surprised. Who's not giving them – the feds? The feds. Uh, In jail, uh, we used to get two free stamps a week or a month or a year. I don't know. I remember what it was. It was some – two, and I think it was a week or a month. I'm not sure. He says, I cried maybe once. I masturbated often. It relieved the tension of isolation, and I had ten photographs of my wife to keep me company. That's all the number of photos in isolation you're permitted. I thought about Jody always and anxiously looked forward to her daily reassuring and lengthy letters. If I didn't get a letter from her that day, I was crestfallen. I listened to 91.7, the World News Report. So I guess you get a radio in there? 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll continue more with Mark Emery here in moments. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. You're welcome to bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features, including stuff like our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about there at uh, bbs.freetalklive.com. So head on over and enjoy that again. bbs.freetalklive.com Every contest involves rules, and every winner knows the rules and how to use them to their advantage. Jurisdictionary.com is a rule book for the judicial system. It shows you how to take your cases to court without a lawyer. How to fill out the forms, get evidence, move the court, set hearings, do research, draft pleadings, all created by a uh, doctor of jurisprudence uh, who wants to protect you against members of his profession. In a manner, um, it's all written in a manner that the average eighth grader can grasp in 24 hours. It's jurisdictionary.com. It's a great course. I recommend it for you. Go check it out. And when you do uh, purchase it, 
Make sure that you mark Free Talk Live on the pull-down menu at Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so we're continuing here an email from Mark Emery. He is the founder of CannabisCulture.com, Cannabis formerly known as Cannabis Culture Magazine, and is an incredible entrepreneur and activist and I think a real inspiration. Uh, he's done civil disobedience. He has worked within the political system. I mean, he, is, he will do whatever it takes to end drug prohibition. This guy is a really principled dude. Not only is he uh, in favor of ending prohibition, but he self-describes as a libertarian. Uh, and we supported the Ron Paul campaign, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, if you want to learn more about Mark, you can go to CannabisCulture.com. And I'm pretty sure there is a link there. I will double check for you. But uh, over at CannabisCulture.com, yep, right there up at the top, send mail to Mark Emery. they are uh, giving you the details on how you can reach out to him and give him something to do while he's in federal prison. But as it turns out, uh, he's going to describe what things are like there for us, as he's been doing. Uh, and he was talking about how he was in solitary. Solitary, basically, for a number of days, uh, at least what a few weeks, I think it was. Uh, 21, 21 days is what it was. Anyway, he's talking about how he was able to uh, listen to some radio, the World News Report, a collection of public broadcasting from around the world, including Canada's CBC Radio which had two programs on daily, along with BBC, Radio Australia, NPR, etc. It was a diverse educational radio experience. Plus, I listened to a lot, a lot to uh, Seattle's classic rock station. I got my New York Times, and it was a joy of journalism. I read every single article of every section, which took up to about four hours per day. The Seattle Times... It's a, it's a really great written uh, newspaper. However, you know, it's liberal tripe. Uh, the Seattle Times I received, but it only took up to an hour, though I very much valued the crossword in it and did it every day. I was able to buy 20 44-cent stamps weekly in solitary. There you go, Mark. Enough for me to write Jody four letters each week, total of eight stamps. And then I wrote to four Canadians and four Americans each week, writing to activists or those that had sent more expansive, detailed letters. Weekends in solitary were the most difficult. No mail, no newspapers. So I rationed out crosswords from the weekday newspapers and did seven of them on the weekend. When I was in solitary, though, I read the Seattle Times full-page story on me from the Los Angeles Times, where I mentioned that I'd been put in solitary for making, the political, uh, making a political address phone call. The Canadian news magazine McLean's arrived one day, the first issue in my subscription, and while reading every article on page 12, I came across an article about me being in solitary in jail here. That was a wonderful moment, reading about me being in the hole while being held in the The hole. (laughs) I got out, and in addition to the grueling 21 days, I lost my phone privileges for an additional 30 days. They get restored Sunday, July 25th. I normally call Jody for 10 minutes daily. You get a maximum of 300 minutes phone time per month. Wow, that seems unusual. Hmm. Uh, I mean, normally they just want to take as much of your money as they can get. It seems strange that they would put a, a maximum on that sort of thing. Uh, For me, he says it costs 35 cents per minute. In the general population now, I stay very busy. I get up at 5.45 in the morning, go to the computer room where CoreLinks, the U.S. Bureau of Prisons email system, is done. I have a maximum of 30 email correspondence. It costs 5 cents per minute, or $3 an hour. I use the email about 3 hours per day. I read for 4 hours per day. I write for about 3 hours, a total of about 10 hours of study, letter, and essay writing, reading of books, magazines, newspapers. I have magazine subscriptions to The Economist, Reason, Rolling Stone, Harper's, Mother Jones, The Atlantic, National Geographic, Mojo, and McLean's. I get about 10 letters every day, which I try to respond to each one, although it takes time. For example, I've received letters from 20 students of the Critical Thinking Project at Sinastra University in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. 
and they are asking many questions about my life's work and imprisonment. I reply to one of them each day, but that will take three weeks to write them all individually. I'm reading Christopher Hitchens' memoir, uh, wonderful memoir, Hitch 22, and also God is Not Great by Hitchens. I'm halfway through The Armageddon Factor, a look at how Canada's governing conservative party is influenced by Christian fundamentalists and how this is changing Canada for the worse, obviously. I have some graphic novels by Alan Moore. That's the uh, guy that uh, did V for Vendetta, if I'm not Mm -hmm. mistaken. He says, love that guy's writing. Robert Crumb's book of Genesis Illustrated, a new book called The New Jim Crow, Mass Incarceration in the Age of Colorblindness about the U.S. reinstating slavery by putting blacks in prisons to work at 12 cents per hour or a buck a day to make license plates and most of the uniforms and equipment for U.S. soldiers overseas fighting for freedom. He puts that in quotes. (laughs) Among other industries, so the U.S. can remain competitive with China. I learned in a bit of unsurpassable irony that the New Hampshire license plates, which bear New Hampshire's motto of live free or die, are in fact made by prisoners largely of the drug war in the state's prison in Concord, New Hampshire. Irony doesn't get any better than that. He says, I learned that this maximum security place has several rules and often capricious enforcement of them. Within a, mu- within a few months after I'm sentenced, I'll be sent to a low-security FCI federal corrections institution somewhere in the United States. Could be Taft Penitentiary in California. It could be in Pennsylvania. It could be in the South. Canadians cannot qualify for a work camp, which, if I were American, I would be designated for that. As Canadians, along with Mexicans and other non-U.S. inmates, we are sent to alien prisons with INS facilities. However, a w- an LOW uh, will have a yard, so unlike now, I will be able to go outside for perhaps an hour each day, have more recreation facilities, and perhaps some form of job. So that's good. That's a little bit of good news for him. Uh, the best thing in my routine is my visits from Jody twice on weekends. Jody flies down to Seattle from Vancouver, and I see her on even number days, Friday through Monday, twice for two hours each. We can hold hands and kiss when she arrives and when she leaves. Alas, when I'm transferred. Uh, to the FCI in October or November, it will be more difficult and expensive for Jody to fly to see me because, as you know, Vancouver is right across the border pretty much from Seattle. Not a very long trip there. Right? Now, now, what is the point of like letting them touch and, and kiss each other and give hugs in the beginning and the end but not in the middle? It's all arbitrary, It's Sam. supposed I- to appear uh, as though they're being humanitarian. So visits will only be once every month or every two or three weeks at best, which will be very disappointing. Currently, Jody is my only visitor permitted, as only married spouses or direct family may visit. And my brothers and sisters, and so anybody that you know happens to be in a, a uh, gay relationship is going to be pretty much SOL unless they're from the right state. Hmm. Uh, and I don't know, does the federal government recognize uh, homosexual relationships? Um, usually they, you know, they used to let girlfriends visit. Uh, you know, yep. They're saying here in federal prison, Mark, you have to be a member of direct family mm-hmm. or married. 1-800-259-9231. Sometimes the uh, visitor list can be expanded later. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Apparently at the other prison, he will be allowed more visits from other people. There's more coming up here. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including our live streams. You can head over to uh, listen.freetalklive.com and tune in via our broadband or dial-up versions, the webcam, although the webcam has been having some hardware difficulties over the past uh, several days, so I apologize about that. Uh, I need to put that up on my uh, the top of my to-do list. It looks like one of the hard drives is going bad. So we're working on that, uh, but we, you know, it's free, so you get what you pay for, right? Uh, if the webcam's not working, though, we do have audio streams available around the clock, as I mentioned. Also, of course, available up on satellite, on free-to-air, KU Band Satellite. Get all the details at listen.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, just a little bit more from Mark Emery. We're sharing one of his emails, one of his several emails that he's written me. We sent him 10 questions uh, asked by our listeners, and he sent back 10 answers. Actually, I think it was 11, but he sent sent them back, and they're fairly. a lot of them are fairly detailed. So I think what we're going to do is just kind of spread them across maybe a week or two as uh, we continue doing the program here. So uh, just a few more thoughts from his stay in federal maximum security prison for being, uh, I guess, selling seeds over the Internet. The good news is he's not going to be in that maximum security for all five years, which is something I didn't realize in the beginning. Uh, he is going to be transferred out into a minimum security federal institution, was uh, what they call a federal correctional institution. So that'll be better for him because at that point he'll be able to actually have anybody pretty much come and visit him uh, Instead of just his wife. How? Yeah, but however, wh- wherever they they move him, it's not going to be as close to his home as this supermax prison is. Um, you know, n- nothing good about the supermax except that it's close to the house. Um, so I mean, yep. he could be in Kansas, he could be in Florida, he could go anywhere, and so she could, uh, you know, they, they could just put him anywhere, and it, it could be a, a very long trip for her he, to go see him. He adds to his answer that I get along fine with all the inmates and corrections officers. I try to obey all the rules, and there's no racial tension here, even though we have around a hundred men in this unit. In a small space, 25 whites, 25 blacks, 40 Hispanics, 4 Asians, and 4 Native Americans. So apparently, uh, you know, all the, the, the Oz-style rumors about at least some prisons uh, that he's saying doesn't apply here. You know, all the all the scary stories about some of the things that can happen in prison. Well, my experience with uh, this this whole Oz thing, I spent nine years in prison, is that most— I, I Florida watched, prison. Was it Florida in prison, Florida, yeah. yeah. I, I've watched, you know, some of this stuff, and it's uh, my experience that they, they'll take everything that happened in my entire stay and all the stories I heard and, put and it shove into them a... into one episode or at least one <laughs> season, right? Um, yeah. And so I just don't – and I think that prison is getting safer from a physical standpoint and more dangerous from a psychological standpoint as time goes by because, you know, they, want, they don't want to take uh, any chances as far as getting sued or anything like that. And, and it, it's fun – Ordering people around, making them stand in lines, making them be silent and, um, you know, all the other crazy things that they, you know, they have people do. So we're going to go to your phone calls here. Uh, that was his answer to the, the very first question, a lengthy one. If you missed it, you can go and grab the archive later tonight at freetalklive.com. Let's go to Dave in New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Hey, it's Dave from RidleyReport.com. Good evening. That's me. Uh, listen, I wanted to talk about another uh, person who was in one of the federal correctional uh, who is actually a New Hampshire Connected Liberty activist, uh, and that's Reno Gonzalez. Mm. Do you remember him? 
Yeah, he was oh, yeah, one of the, sure. one of the guys who was involved with uh, Ed and Elaine Brown, a couple of uh, what they would uh, you know tax freedom advocates that were basically holed up in their house as the federal goons were attempting to kidnap them and put them in prison cells. They managed to hold out for quite a long time, and they had a lot of people come out and show them support uh, just by coming out and hanging out and and, and in various different ways. And this uh, guy, Serino Gonzalez, had been accused of essentially bringing what was it bombs? What what was he in for? I think he was accused of leaving a, a gun there. Uh, I think he was accused of bringing a 50 caliber machine gun or a 50 cal- 50 caliber gun. I don't know if it was a machine gun or not. Hmm. And and uh, how many years is he uh, is he in for? He was sentenced to eight years, uh, and I believe that sentencing came down in late 2007 or early 2008. Um, and I just you know I'm not very good at covering what happens to those folks because I don't have a lot of video. I didn't shoot video back when that was going on. Um, and uh, so I'll, I'll take any excuse I can to at least mention it when there's some small detail that comes comes up. But basically what's happening right now with him is that I guess his lawyer, uh, uh, I think a Concord attorney or a New Hampshire, a New Hampshire attorney, um, has uh, filed a motion to try and get him to be allowed just to see some mail. Uh, he's, you know, of course, he's already getting some mail. He's allowed to see some things, but the feds have been blocking him, according to the lawyer. They've been blocking him from seeing uh, documents, certain documents relevant to his case. Wow. Uh, it's not really, I guess I'm really not that surprised. The people running these jails can in many ways be very vindictive and, and nasty, and it's really a luck of the draw as to how sadistic the wardens and the uh, the, the jail guards, the corrections officers are going to be. And of course, the the more one of the things I think that is definitely true is the more high profile a an inmate is, the more mail they're receiving, the the more phone calls people are making on their behalf, the more likely they are to be treated in a humane fashion. So, bringing attention to these sorts of things is important. Yeah, and you know he, he's unfortunately not on mail to jail. It's hard to mail him. I track sometimes what, what his address is. I think I probably only mailed him five or six times since he went in there, and that was years ago. Um, it's much easier when someone's on the on the um, you know so you can just you can email them from your computer. It's a lot easier. Sure it is. But um, but he does deserve you know I mean I don't know that what he did was a, quite the perfect thing to do, but they gave the guy a sentence that is almost exactly the same as the sentence they gave to one of the nine eleven uh, perpetrators. Wow. Least, and he never you know, hurt least, anybody. Uh, well, I should say I should say a convicted nine eleven perpetrator. Who knows whether the conviction in these, in these days? Who knows whether a conviction means anything or not? But, well, he never hurt anybody, right? I mean, he didn't shoot at any feds or any, in, in any way put anybody in danger, from what I understand. Well, he was. I look at him as being an armed rebel. That's probably the best word for him. He was uh, sort of like one of the, you know, like a like a like a gorilla, sort of. Except he wasn't hidden. You know, he was right there in the open, just trying to defend somebody's house. And so it was, he was apparently willing to use violence. You know, and he, but he wasn't willing to uh, use aggression. Right. Well, he, right. So the idea that he had, and a lot of us have had these ideas in the past, I know I did, uh, was that when they come, I'm going to take out as many as I can. Pry it from you my know? cold, dead fingers. One of those things. And, and I know. Yeah. And I know what that's, uh, what that feels like. I used to feel that way. I don't anymore. And I changed that since I came up here to New Hampshire. And I've, I really found out that there really is hope up here because so many great activists are moving here. And I moved in a, in a direction of, of peace. Um, but at the same time, 
you know, people can get uh, violent with their words and sticks and stones, right? So the, the guy, maybe he's not the best uh, communicator, maybe he's a little bit angry, but he didn't actually shoot anybody. Well, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that. I've never seen that much evidence that he's angry. He's a little bit long-winded, but that's the only real... I mean, he's long-winded, and he may have not... May have I think you pretty much in. have to have some anger in order to talk about shooting people uh, that are federal agents. I think that's a pretty well, angry position. I don't position. remember him talking about doing anything like that. I think he, you know, what I know is that he was there, and he was accused of having firearms, and he was accused of leaving one. And I think those are, those are the things that he was convicted on. Oh, I see. Um, I'm sorry. I got the impression from what you were saying earlier that he had some you know, violent rhetoric. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't remember him using any violent rhetoric. Obviously, it's implicit if you show up at a standoff inside the standoff and you're aimed a little bit, you know, in Italy, I don't know if we ever aimed a firearm, but, you, you know, obviously he wasn't there. He wasn't there to help the Fed. So, you know, it's one of those things that's sort of gray area, controversial, but not, nothing to justify putting him in jail for eight years because there's rapists that get eight days. Is that true? I'm sure there are many. Of course, they may not always have the rape conviction, but... He didn't do anything. You know, I mean, yeah. he didn't do anything. He didn't harm anyone. Dave, thanks for the update. I right. uh, appreciate it. Anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, nothing else I can think of. All right, man. Thanks for the call. Uh, you can visit Dave over at uh, RidleyReport.com. A great way to get a window into the world of some of the activism, just some, because he's only one man, uh, of the activism going on here in New Hampshire. It's hard for me to support him just because of what's implied by his actions, bringing a firearm there and leaving it. Eh, well, I don't know if I support the guy. I mean, yeah. I've never written him a letter or anything like that. I don't me really think, think much about him. I mean, he, he was put away. I, I tend to agree with you on that point, Sam. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, you can bring up what you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and the features are for free. Now, if you want to help support the show, one of the ways you can do that is by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money and reinvest it into Free Talk Live, get on more radio stations uh, around the country, bring more internet listeners on board. Also, exposing people to new uh, ideas via the Liberty Radio Network at lrn.fm. So go and learn more about the perks of being an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up, amp.freetalklive.com. Go to thinktwicenews.com and check out their new bit on the SEC. It's hilarious. Uh, it's a hilarious look at how lopsided our relationship is with the federal government, the folks that are there to protect us, and how little responsibility they have for actually doing so. It's thinktwicenews.com. I just watched it yesterday, and I uh, found it very humorous. Thinktwicenews.com. All right. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves here at 800-259-9231. A little bit of good news for you. We do like to give it to you when it's available. 
It's not available that often these days, but there's some for, uh, here and there. And Reason.com is reporting that uh, the John Stagliano case has been dropped. Now, if Who's you, that? yeah, you yeah, may, I need help with that too. <laughs> you may recall, I think we've talked about this at some point in the past. John Stagliano is a uh, is a libertarian who makes pornography. And during the Bush administration, uh, they went after him. In fact, they went after him and a few other folks for so-called obscenity violations. Some of them ended up going to jail. Uh, this guy ended up having all of his charges dropped. And the, the guy that went into jail, I think, is a, a Max Hardcore. Yeah, I remember so, Here's the story from Reason.com. At the victory party Friday night after having had all charges against him dropped in federal court, pornographer John Stagliano, his lawyers, his family, and colleagues from the adult industry raised a toast to his freedom. But because his wife is pregnant and his daughter is underage and because one of the films under indictment was called Milk Nymphos, the champagne flutes were filled with an unusual fluid, milk. The atmosphere was electric a few hours earlier for what turned out to be the final day of trial. As I wrote Friday, the morning drama involved Prosecutor Pamela Satterfield feuding with Judge Richard Leon over the discrepancy between her memory and the testimony of her star witness, FBI Special Agent Daniel Bradley, who who instructed him to review the allegedly obscene source material. When that was resolved, the prosecution rest, uh, rested but faced an even bigger surprise. Drawing on all problems and inconsistency with the evidence presented by the state, defense lawyers moved for all the charges that remained on the indictment to be thrown out. And I wonder how often this something a scenario like this would be the case, where you find out that the, the feds or the, the local boys have done just a, a crappy job of putting a case together, because usually... Most cases don't end up going to court. Usually most people just take a plea bargain. They yeah. look at whatever the charges are that have been laid out against them. They get real scared because the government is a scary, violent organization that does have cold cages to put you in. And they back down. And they don't take it to trial. And so they never get discovery. They never get to find out what kind of a case, if any, the, the state agents actually have against them. And in this case, even the judge had to admit, this is, this is horrible. You guys have done a terrible job. So uh, the defense argued that, incredibly, the prosecution failed even to link the movies to any of the defendants, including John <laughs> Stagliano, John Stagliano Incorporated, and Evil Angel Productions Incorporated. The judge agreed, dismissing the case, even before Stagliano's lawyers mounted their defense. Uh, and this was after the defense lawyers moved for all of the charges on the indictment to be thrown out. Judge Leon rightly pointed out to prosecutors that given both the severity of the alleged crime and the constitutional implications of the trial, it was particularly incumbent that they know exactly who they were charging. Too bad the judge didn't make that ruling two years ago when it would have been just as valid. This case should never have been allowed and was brought to court only by the kitchen sink grand jury process. I don't know what that means. Uh, well, the, the the grand jury doesn't have any obli- it it's it's fallen apart. The idea the the idea was pretty sound in the beginning, but um you know the idea that you get together some citizenry, uh, you know a group of them every six months. Uh, Sam, you probably should be talking to the talking okay. To yeah, this more you than give I them uh, you give them their own investigatory powers. Right, they're impaneled by a judge, but that, they're pretty much uh, very dangerous because. They can look at evidence. They can investigate anybody that they want. All Typically, all it takes is for them to be made aware of criminal allegations. And then once they have, they have a duty to investigate into those criminal allegations and then return a true bill, no bill, or pass, which means, yes, there's enough evidence to go to court. 
in a true bill, no bill means no, there's not enough evidence here, get it, you know, throw this out, or pass, which means they just sort of put it off for a little while. Um, and so the idea is to have this independent body that's not sort of beholden to politics, that's just regular people and so forth, and that they would be the judge. They would be the ones to make sure the government's not coming in and abusing its power and bringing up citizens on, you know, trumped up charges that are mm-hmm. a bunch of BS. Unfortunately, what they've... It's a good idea. Yeah. Oh, it, it works great, I'm sure, for like a week or two until the prosecutors <laughs> realize that, hey, you know, well, they didn't even have prosecutors in the beginning. But once they came in, you know, those guys started taking over the process. They kicked the public out of the grand jury room. They're the only ones who can now bring indictments before sure. them. The grand jury is incredibly, incredibly powerful. And the last thing that the government wants is for the grand jury to be turned loose on them. Yeah. And that was part of the whole process was the idea that the grand jury would be able to hold public officials accountable and they would be accountable for their actions and nothing like that's going on anymore. And then, yeah, over the last 50, 100 years, they've passed law after law to further separate the grand jury from the public and to you know keep them isolated and protected. So, uh, by the way, I'm being informed that he apparently pronounced his name Staliano without pronouncing the G. Uh, so, anyway, afterward, government prosecutors Bonnie Hennon and Pamela Stafferf- Satterfield, I bet they're just a couple of nice folks, uh, declined to grant an interview about their actions on behalf of the so-called citizens of the United States. It took years of government resources and uncounted dollars to produce a prosecution that couldn't even present evidence to a jury. I'm sure they'll be uh, codified in, in, in porn here shortly. The uh, the prosecu- <laughs> <laughs> prosecution hookers go to Hollywood yeah, or something. I don't know. You'd think the government would feel at least a twinge of obligation to explain this total waste of time and money. Going forward, it looks uh, it's a long time it's a long past it is long past time for the justice department to disband the pointless obscenity prosecution task force which goes around on taxpayer dimes searching through mountains of porn to invent <laughs> victimless crimes hilarious what's shameful even obscene waste of time what a shameful even obscene waste of time money and lives the case is now over, but some of Judge Leon's freedom-threatening rulings may well live on. He declared expert testimony in obscenity cases to be irrelevant and also attempted to weaken the Miller test, which had previously required disputed works to be shown in their entirety before conviction. So this guy isn't exactly a winner for freedom, this particular judge mm-hmm. is what they're saying here, but at least in the case of uh, Staliano, he did make the right decision and throw it out. Yeah, you know, it's okay for them if they uh, let one go here and here and there, as long as they can constantly chip away at freedoms and constantly grow their power and control over other people. That's and, what it's all about for them. Yep, and man, they're you know they're pretty successful at doing yeah. that. I mean, oh, we yeah. talk about how we, we talk about how incompetent the government is on this program, but there are some things well that funded. it's done a good job. I know, with. I'm, not, I'm not sure that they're good at it because there's no um, there's no comparison in the free market for the way that you can use uh, you know you can you can just go about unfunded messing with people and that kind of thing. So I don't know whether they're good at it or not, but at the very least they you know they've got. <laughs> they've got plenty of time and plenty of money to come after you. Well, right, but but what I'm saying is they uh, they are making themselves successfully much larger. So oh, sure. whether they're good at that or not, I guess, would depend on how quickly other governments are growing. And I'd say the U.S. federal government is a fairly fast-growing government. I mean, I don't know what the rates of growth are for the governments around the, the rest of the world, but, I mean, these guys aren't exactly slowpokes at uh, getting larger and I mean, when you look at it from a close-up perspective, things do take a long time to happen. But when they happen, they're trillions of dollars or bi- billions and billions of dollars, and so it it adds up significantly over that that lengthy period of time. 
So they are pretty good about doing that, and, and they've done a you know a fairly decent job of indoctrinating people into believing in them and and thinking that they're necessary and and being and feeling very threatened by the idea of perhaps not having this coercive monopoly around anymore. Uh, because people, when you suggest those ideas to them, get very scared. I mean, they start thinking about that. There, well, there are all these other people in the world that want to kill us, and if it weren't for the government, then then we'd all be speaking Chinese right now or some other cliche like that. And it's just, you know, it's hard to handle that because people are really, they've had it beaten into them. When we were out in the uh, the park, uh, well, the Railroad Square last night because the cops came out to Central Square and chased everybody or were hanging out there. Right. The cops are finally coming after the nightcap after weeks of uh, partying <laughs> openly in the local uh, park here. Let's talk more about what happened. Sure. Uh, nightcap update here. Coming up for you. Also, your calls as well at 800-259-9231. The nightcap went on last night. Oh, yeah. We just split up. Walked away. See if they want to double the resources. (laughs) So we'll come back with more. You can take control of the airwaves. uh, Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. Also, coming up, uh, some more police brutality for you. It's Free Talk Live. My worst day ever? I'm waiting in this crazy line at the DMV. So, I'm checking the web. Zero responses to my new resume. My 98% compatibility match now just wants to be friends. And hackers have taken over my Facebook account. I just thought, has the whole world turned against me? It's not the whole world that's turned against you. It's the internet. Private, inaccurate, or unflattering information posted about you online can hurt your reputation, your career, and even your relationships. But now, help is available. It's called Reputation Defender. Reputation Defender controls your privacy online and manages how you look when someone Googles you. Reputation Defender continuously monitors everything about you on the web, including 40 social networks. It also removes your personal information from websites that collect and sell it, protecting your privacy. Go to MyReputation.com or call us at 877-720-6497. 877-720-6497. Use promo code BLACK for a special discount on our revolutionary service. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, of course, we will take your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. That's the point of the program, 800-259-9231. Otherwise, uh, we'll talk about things that you might find interesting. In fact, our listeners can submit such things to our website. Listeners like you, you can go to freetalklive.com, create an account. It's all free. And then when you see something that you think would be great for Free Talk Live, that you think our other listeners would enjoy hearing about or knowing about, you just submit that link to the website. Uh, It goes into our system. Then other listeners can vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of our website. In fact, I've got something here a little bit later. We'll talk about a police brutality story that came right off the front page of freetalklive.com. Mark, what do you want to share tonight? Well, I don't think I got this one from freetalklive.com. I think I actually got it from freedomsphoenix.com, but it's from uh, salon.com, written by Glenn Greenwald. It's called The Real U.S. Government. The Washington Post's uh, Diane Priest, Donna, excuse me, uh, Dana Priest, 
demonstrates once again why she's easily one of the best investigative journalists in the nation, if not the best, with the publication of part one of her series, co-written with uh, William Arkin, detailing the sprawling, unaccountable, inexorably growing secret U.S. government, what the article calls Top Secret America. To the extent the series receives much substantive attention, and I doubt it will, the focus will likely be on the bureaucratic problems it documents, the massive redundancies, overlap, waste, inefficiencies which plague this hidden world, growing beyond control, as though everything would be better if top-secret America just functioned a bit more efficiently. And this is the thing that uh, the Republicans are constantly chasing after. If we could just make government function like a business... Not going to happen. Government's never going to function like a business. It can't. It can't function like a business because it isn't incentivized in the same way that a business is. Well, if they stopped stealing, then uh, they'd all of a sudden have incentives. Indeed, that's yeah. the one difference, though. The government right. has the uh, monopoly privilege on stealing. They can do that. They can say you're going to pay us this much for the these services that we're going to provide you. No, there's no other uh, business out there that can say we're going to provide you with these services and you're going to pay us this much or else. <laughs> no, nope, there sure isn't. You know, it's 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 frightening. But the far more significant uh, fact is so compellingly illustrated by this first installment is one that I have described last week in his article. This is Glenn Greenwald again. When writing about the Obama administration's escalating war on whistleblowers. Now, this is what you're told by the Democrats is, hey, we want open government. We we want open government. We want whistleblowers. That's what Obama was talking about during his campaign. That's what he said. Transparency. Right. What a big lie that it was. Hey, did you vote for Obama? Pay attention. You've been lied to. Pull the bumper sticker off your car, people. Don't worry. The next Democrat candidate will be honest. Yeah, and the next Republican will shrink government, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Most of the wait a minute, Mark. Obama's doing the best he can. He just... He knows more information now that he's in office than he did before when he was running. So he's doing what what is best for America. You just don't know as much as him. So he's got a war on <laughs> whistleblowers as a result? Like he doesn't want people talking well, about he, what's going on in the government? Because it's it's important stuff that people can't know about. So obviously, I mean, if if we could know, we would know. Because transparency isn't... This is what the Republicans tell themselves constantly, is, well, we want the government to have a bunch of secrets from us, the people who employ them. It's craziness. Yeah. Obama was a little confused, Mark. Uh, he meant translucency. <laughs> <laughs> Transcendency. He's going to uh, go up into heaven afterwards. Most of the U.S. government does, um, let's see, the whistleblowers, most of what the U.S. government does of any significance literally occurs behind a vast wall of secrecy, completely unknown to the citizenry. Secrecy is the religion of the political class and the prime enabler of corruption. That's why whistleblowers are among the most hated heretics. They're the one of the very few classes of people able to shed a small amount of light on actually what takes place in Washington, D.C. Virtually every... Although although, uh, so many whistles have been blown for so long, I mean, really... Is it changing anything? Well, I think that's one one of the ways that WikiLeaks is really jumping to the, to yeah. the forefront. You got video now mm-hmm. because video is so compelling. When you have a oh, picture, yeah. it's emotional. Yeah, when you have picture, it's like, whoa, what happened here? We, we we're, not, we're not exactly sure what's going sure. on. When you have uh, audio, you, it just doesn't get the the prime time aspect that uh, audio and vid- and uh, video together get. It's you know, it's just it's huge. So WikiLeaks being able to release stuff, I think, is is big. 
Virtually every fact that priests and Arkin disclose underscores this point. Here, as their very first sentence, the top secret world the government create, created in response to the terrorist attacks on September 11, 2001, has become so large, so unwieldy, and so secretive that no one knows how much money it even costs, <laughs> how many people it employs, how many programs exist within it, or exactly how many agencies do the same work. You know these government agencies love to be secret from each other, just like they're secret from us. Yeah. They have no idea how many agencies they have, how many people work for them, and how much money it costs. Well, you know, with government, it's it's one source typically that's funding everybody. So you get the classical thing that, like I had growing up with brothers and sisters, you've got a bunch of little kids all fighting for their parents' attention or money or whatever it mm-hmm. is. So they, they're disincented. But as soon as we were out of the house and out on our own... Suddenly you liked each other again. We became friends again, mm-hmm. yeah. But when you're competing for those resources, it's stupid to think that, you know, these government agencies are going to like each other or want to work together unless they have to. Well, okay, well, but, but but really, I mean, this is all very interesting. But really, on the on the whole of everything, I don't know how many agencies and how many employees and how many uh, how much money the current government costs. I mean, I, get, I can go and look at the, the the budget to to see what that says, but I don't know what the totals of all those other numbers are. Sure, I could go and do the research and all that, but don't you think most Americans are aware that the government's pretty darn big already? So what's another X trillion dollars? I mean, at, at some point you just get past this point of uh, with with humans and numbers. You yeah. just if there's too many zeros, it just doesn't register. Sure, I mean, really, what's the difference between a million, a billion, or a trillion dollars? It it just you know it it seems to slip by people. Well, I think what's the the, and I don't know if the story goes on to get into this. Oh yes, it goes on. <laughs> but what's really interesting here that this brings out is that these are people in corporate America, the the the, the eight hundred thousand people that have top secret security clearance. They're spread out all in the corporations. So this is the corporate government really starting to step in and control the so-called legitimate, you know, elected government. And with all of this secrecy, who knows what's going on? I don't know either, but I can tell you that uh, the the only way out of this is for them to even is to crash and burn, or for us to mm-hmm. secede. And you know, I don't necessarily mean at a state level, but that would be nice. Uh, but to to personally secede oneself and to stop participating with these feds and to stop giving them our money and to uh, to get together in the same place as uh, we are here in New Hampshire at freestateproject.org. But to, I think that's going to be the most direct way to, uh, to end this, is for people to s- just end their support for it and stop being afraid of them. Anyway, sorry, Mark, go ahead. It all amounts, uh, this all amounts to an alternative geography of the United States, and I don't know exactly what they mean by that. A top-secret America hidden from the public view and lacking in thorough oversight. Any oversight. <laughs> we uh, chirp endlessly about uh, the Congress the White House, the Supreme Court, the Democrats, the Republicans. But this is the real U.S. government, functioning in total darkness, behind elections and parties so secret, so vast, so powerful, that it evades the control or knowledge of any one person or even an organization. Anyone who thinks that the hyperbole should just, um, thinks it's hyperbole should just read some of what Priest and Arkin Chronicle. Consider this, and this is in quotes, so it must be Priest and Arkin, um, they're saying this, Everyday collection systems at the National Security Agency. This is, uh, you know, the main thing that's decided. I have to read this on air. Intercept and store 1.7 billion emails, phone calls, and other types of communications. 
to call an out of um, out of control to call it an out of control privacy destroying surveillance state is to understate the case. Equally understated is the observation that we have become a militarized nation living under an omnipotent, self-perpetuating, bankrupting national security state. There's more coming up here in moments. Your calls as well. 800-259-9231. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. FreedomCam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. FreedomCam.net This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those at freetalklive.com. Features including our archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, you just click and download. They're yours for free right there on the front page of the website. You can see the last week. And then if you click onto the archives page, you can go all the way back to 2006. It's all free for you at freetalklive.com. Do you know that Taryn Lupo from the LCL Report and Wheels Off Liberty supports his full-time activism by selling Liberty-themed jewelry? You can support the ideas of Liberty every time you buy some of his unique stuff. He also does custom work for just about anything you can dream up. Find his designs at lclreport.com or join his fan group on uh, Facebook. It's lclreport.com. All right, so 800-259-9231 is the number. Mark, you're sharing something uh, from Salon.com's Glenn Greenwald, who is is a pretty, uh, I don't know if he would describe himself as a libertarian, but he within liberty-oriented circles, he's a pretty well-known dude. I know that he's on uh, Anti-War Radio on a regular basis mm-hmm. with Scott Horton uh, over at Antiwar.com uh, and also at LRN.fm. So I'm familiar with the guy, and we've certainly read some of his work before here. He's talking about what is a s- secret government. Uh, and basically saying that there's all these programs they created after 9-11 that have just – nobody knows how far they've spiraled out of control, uh, how many people are involved, how many billions or trillions of dollars are involved, etc. And uh, you want to continue? Sure. Um, to call this an out-of-control, privacy-destroying surveillance state is to understate the case. Equally understated is the observation that we have become a militarized nation living under an omnipotent, self-perpetuating, bankrupting national security state. But here's but one flavoring anecdote. Command centers, internal television networks, video walls, armored SUVs, and personal security guards have also become the bling of national security. You can't find a four-star general without a security detail, said one of the three-star general, <laughs> said a, one three-star general now posted in Washington after years abroad. Fear has caused everyone to have stuff. Then comes, um, if he has one, then I have to have one. And it becomes a status symbol. 
So now we're offering, you know, where it was just the, the, the Secret Service. I mean, pretty soon is every uh, representative, senator, all of their aides, generals, is everybody in the military and, and the, the United States government going to have a security de- detail? Well, I went uh, last time I was in D.C. There's a building right by one of the uh, subway stops, and there are always two guys with submachine guns sitting there in the parking garage. Won't say who they are, won't say who they're protecting, won't say anything, but yet they have machine guns. (laughs) Uzis. Uh, What's most noteworthy about all of this is the objective endlessly invoked for why we must acquiesce to all of this. National security. Is not um, is not only unfulfilled by top secret America, but actively subverted by it. So saying that security isn't actually fulfilled by that. It's, it's subverted by it actually. During the FISA debate of 2008, when Democrats and Republicans joined together to legalize the Bush Cheney warrantless eavesdropping program and vastly uh, expand the NSA's authority to spy on the communications of Americans without judicial oversight. It was constantly claimed that the government must have greater domestic surveillance powers in order to keep us safe. Mm. Thus, anyone who opposed the new spying laws was accused of excessively um, valuing privacy and civil liberties at the expense of what we are always told matters most, staying safe. (laughs) But as I wrote many times back then, often by interviewing and otherwise citing House Intelligence Committee member Rush Holt, who has been uh, making this point repeatedly, the more secret surveillance powers we vest in the government, the more we allow the unchecked surveillance state to grow, the more unsafe we become. That's because the public-private axis that is the surveillance state already collects so much information about us, our activities and our communications so indiscriminately and on such a vast scale that it cannot possibly detect any actual national security threats. The NSA whistle, and and by the way, we're supposed to believe they keep all this information safe, as if they don't lose this information constantly, okay? So the the fact that they collect it, you know, just makes it a target. Well, it's the same government that has had uh, publicized news stories about agents just leaving laptops places and just gone in the bathroom at the airport. Hundreds of thousands of names and information on on a hard drive that you know is probably completely unsecured. That kind of thing. NSA whistleblower uh, Adrienne Kinney, when exposing NSA eavesdropping abuses, warned of what ABC News described as. The waste of time spent listening to innocent Americans instead of looking for the terrorist needle in the haystack. Gee, let me guess. Uh, they found out that the NSA agents were listening to bored housewives having sexy conversations with their, the, you know, their boyfriends and all that kind of thing, right? By casting the net so wide and continuing to collect on Americans, um, collect on Americans and aid organizations, it's almost like they're making the haystack bigger, and it's harder to find the piece of information that it might actually be useful to somebody. You're actually hurting our ability to effectively protect our national security. The government. What, what uh, happened to warrants? I mean, is that just <laughs> do we do? Is that become just so such a ridiculous notion that the government would actually have to explain to some some uh, semi-independent uh, third party that hey, yeah, we have a valid reason to go look for this information because we think somebody might be committing a crime or intending to do some harm. 
Maybe it's only in the movies now, Sam. Oh, yeah, I think. Okay. You know, I think we're just supposed to believe that anybody that the government targets is worthy of their attention. Well, that's just it. They're not targeting now. They're using data mining. Just more targets. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, they're they're just they're collecting everything, and then they're, they're well. If you come up, up on their radar, you must have done something wrong. You shouldn't write the word mm-hmm. bomb in your email. Yeah, you well, I, that's what it gets down to. I mean, phone and email conversations and pulling keywords out, and who knows what they're right at this point. Doing. The the all seeing eye of the government, if it if it trains on you, you're in big trouble. You've got nothing. Uh, like it, everybody sends emails all the time, and you use this uh, this language. Uh, you know, we really need to attack the competition. Uh, we need to, uh, you know, <laughs> we need to find uh, we need to find some way to uh, sabotage their new uh, their new right? offering. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, like the 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 terminology that we use is so. And I try not to use it just you know for personal beliefs, but it's it's so war oriented yeah. that. I'm sure that these, you know, these How much programs are picked yeah, up. They're picking up well, 1.7 billion communications a day. Mm. It's incredible. What are they going to do with all that information? So when the government does so decide same- to look in on you, um, and it costs, you know, you, getting lawyers and all that stuff isn't cheap. It's not cheap at all, but it, it costs the government nothing. Well, it's the same situation as with having the like London having millions of CCTV cameras all over the place. They don't have enough bureaucrats to actually monitor those cameras. So this is one of the solutions that they've come up with, and it's really a brilliant police state solution, I mean, from their perspective, is to have little snitches, little uh, snitch-at-home people that sit and monitor uh, the various different cameras from their the comfort of their home, and they can file a report if they, they see like someone... They like doing it, too. Oh, you better believe they do. They can file a report when they see someone doing something naughty. You won't believe this uh, this, this this piece of information that they're Coming going up. to... All right. Uh, yeah, but still, that's not answer. enough. But still, even with all the little snitches, it's still no way... There's no way they can have that many people monitoring all those cameras. There's more coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine, nutritious vitamins and minerals and a delicious chocolate taste for your picky eaters. Be sure to visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. With kids, food battles are more about control than about food. If you want to avoid a battle with your picky eater, give them a say in what they eat. At dinner, let them choose between broccoli or fruit salad. At the supermarket, give them three cereals to pick from. The more control they have, the less there is to argue about. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash YourFamilyToday. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where we give you the features for free. So enjoy those, including our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can edit virtually anything there, WIKI wiki dot freetalklive.com hey are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live i know that i once was are you tired of uh, the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life well if you knew that thousands of liberty loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active would you want to join them i did and you can join the free state project at freestateproject.org that's freestateproject.org i mean if this story that you're sharing with us here mark uh, makes you a little uncomfortable makes you a little uncertain about the the direction of things uh, or, or what the, the federal government is really up to i mean as though you didn't already know they're aggressing against people on a wholesale basis and killing folks 
But uh, there's also apparently a whole shadowy side uh, to the federal government that uh, most people don't even know about. And Glenn Greenwald is telling us about it, at least some of it, from uh, from Salon.com. But I want to put that on hold because there was like something really juicy you wanted to get to. We'll get to that here in a moment. Jock is on the line in Great Britain. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jock. Hi, Ian. Hi, Mark. Um, I Sam's here, too. To, What's uh, on your mind? Just wanted to reflect on something that uh, Mark said a, a few minutes ago about um, how politicians often think how if we could just do government a bit more like business, it would all be okay. And I just wanted to say that, you know, 11 years ago, I got this letter saying we needed candidates for my political party to be on the city council in Oxford. And I I signed up and I went for it. And I thought exactly that, um, you know, that, yeah. you know, I'm here's me a single man, I want to make a contribution to my community. Um, and if only we could do it a bit more business-like, we could reduce taxes and still make people feel better. I think and, a lot of people who uh, you know are sitting in this studio and listening to this show have uh, felt the same way at one point or another, Jacques. I mean, it's it's uh, you know it it seems reasonable. Who doesn't want that? Absolutely. But the point is, we we have in in, the, in Britain we have this this uh, phrase, the usual suspects. That's the the, <laughs> the people that get involved. Um, uh, in anything, you know, and it's only one in a hundred people, and they're the people that we need to persuade that the dead hand of government is not the way to achieve the good things that they want to achieve. And it, 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 you know, it's soul destroying even from the inside. I mean, I don't know how people last so long in politics because it, it's soul destroying if you've got any soul. Maybe it'd be kind of fun to in the first place. Yeah, it might be kind of fun to run like a joke candidate like Dracula for city council or something like that. <laughs> I did think about it last year. I I have 13 I have 1300 students in my in my local ward and I thought that might be quite a fun thing to do because they don't normally vote but they might vote for a a fun candidate and that would be enough to win one ward. But you know, it's just the, the whole system, once you're inside it, I mean, when, when the good people of, of my part of Oxford decided they didn't want my services four years later, uh, which is the best thing they, they, they ever did for me, I took on all sorts of interests that I, I was convinced that we could do without government, without the strings that government put, imposed, without the taxes that government imposed. It's been a hard slog because you have to deal with government in the process of trying to, to achieve those projects in, in, in many ways. But it, it is so much less soul-destroying than being on the inside. It was, it was, it, and as I say, it, as Ian knows, reading The Market for Liberty, that last chapter of the Tanner Hills book, you know, we only need to persuade that one in a hundred who think, they, who think they're influencers. Yeah, it's uh, it's we do still have a task ahead of us, uh, but the Tannehill's book is yeah. excellent. The Market for Liberty, uh, you can download it for free in audiobook or PDF form over at book.freekeen.com. Yeah, you know when you're when you're dealing with the bureaucracy of of getting something done, you know, say you have this great idea for the community or whatever, um, you're gonna build, a, you're gonna you're gonna take a piece of public land and turn it into a beautiful park for all the kids and stuff like that. After you finally go through the two years of bureaucracy that it takes to get it through the uh, the the town fathers or whatever it is that uh, you've got yeah. to do 
you don't even want to do the project anymore. All the emotional energy that you would have had to to put in the the jungle gyms and the seesaws and the the baseball fields and all that other stuff that you you know you you could have dumped your emotional energy into. It was just getting these people to say yes, and it it it's soul destroying is the best term for it. Hmm. Jock, anything yeah. else you want to share? Yeah. No, I think that was it. I just wanted the, the the idea that if we could do it in a more businesslike way was exactly the feeling that I had 11 years ago, and I I now know that that just doesn't doesn't cut it. It's a great personal work. story. I thank you for sharing that. I appreciate yeah. hearing from you tonight from across the pond. There, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. So, Mark, a juicy bit here coming up in Glenn Greenwald's salon piece about the underground secret secretive government. Indeed, go for it. The government did not fail to detect the 9-11 attacks because it was unable to collect the information relating to the plot. It did collect exactly that. But because it surveilled so much information, it was incapable of recognizing what it possessed, connecting the dots, as it were. Despite that, we have since then continuously expanded the government's surveillance powers. Virtually every time the political class reveals some scary new event, it demands and obtains greater spying authorities and, of course, more and more money. And each time that it happens, its ability to detect actually relevant threats diminishes. As Priest and Arkin write, the NSA sorts a fraction of those 1.7 billion emails, phone calls, and other types of daily collected communications into 70 separate databases. The same problem bedevils every other agency, um, intelligence agency, none of which have enough analysts and translators for all of this work. Now, Greenwald's pretty good at really just kind of showing the government for how stupid and dangerous and inefficient it, it can be. Uh, but, of course, he's ignoring the uh, the point that the government will never detect itself as the greatest threat to American freedom. Uh, because it's the, it is the greatest threat to your freedom. It's the government. The people calling themselves the federal and the state and the local government, they are the ones that are on a regular basis threatening you. They are the ones that are coercing you. They are the ones that are extracting your wealth from you. They are the dangerous ones. They are right. the all, ones locking millions of people in jail cells. All based on the premise that you might be attacked by a bunch of... A bunch of crazy terrorists that are, in fact, mad at the people that are extracting the money from you yes. in the first place. So, strike at the root. I just I thought it was important to mention that. The article um, details how ample information regarding the alleged Fort Hood shooter Nidal Hassan, an attempted Christmas Day bomber, um, Umar... Oh, God. Abdul Matulab was collected by simply... Um, but, but simply went unrecognized. As a result, our vaunted surveillance state failed to stop the former attack and was only an alert airplane well, passenger we can solve, whoa, 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 the whoa, 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 whoa. We, we can solve this problem, we, the government. Uh, we can solve this problem. We just need to hire more bureaucrats. That's what they're doing. Uh, but what, what, where are they hiring the bureaucrats? They're From hiring industry. the bureaucrats to protect the other bureaucrats. The bureaucrats that are um, in, enacting the police state feel that they now need status symbols of other bureaucrats walking around in suits with little uh, phone things in their ears, keeping them safe. I mean, you know, how many, at what point, how much of the United States uh, population can actually can work, for, work the for the government, which produces nothing? Think about it for a second, people. Think about it. What do, what do these intelligence people actually produce? Nothing except Fear. what the government consumes. The government doesn't produce anything. Admittedly, garbage men collect garbage. Police officers do uh, provide 
a certain level of security that the marketplace demands. I wonder how much we would pay police officers and what kind of security they they um, would offer in, in the marketplace, uh, firefighters. But we're not talking about that here. We're talking about the giant federal government. And I think that the only thing that they really offer is the military. And in fact, they've taken it and used it as a, a stake in the heart of uh, a peaceful people. All right, there's more coming up here at 800-259-9231. The government, the federal government creates the product and service of more federal government. I mean, they don't actually give you anything you want. Uh, if they did, then you'd pay for it on a voluntary basis. They'd offer it on a voluntary basis if it was in demand. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line is 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com. Hey, if you want to help support the show, one of the ways you can do it is by shopping with us, amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter through that link. And Free Talk Live gets a percentage uh, of your purchase. You start your shopping there. Free Talk Live benefits Amazon.freetalklive.com. We're talking about uh, the secret government. And there's, uh, according to Salon.com, fairly mainstream publication, Glenn Greenwald, he is revealing some of the information about this and how it is that basically the the bigger they get, the more intrusive they get into people's private business and he talks about how they're nosing their way into all kinds of data email etc 1.7 billion uh, uh transmissions a day they collect uh that they nose their way into this and he points out that the more data they collect the more impossible it becomes for them to actually find a supposedly legitimate threat of course i pointed out that the real threat is the government people themselves they're the ones that are aggressing on a regular basis wholesale against every single uh every single american and uh, not to mention all the the people around the world that they're aggressing against. So. And th- this kind of thing has happened before in history. You mentioned that they're just collecting so much. It's like it, it creates a bigger haystack for them to find the needles in. Uh, the same thing was true. I remember, I think it was a story out of East Berlin that uh, they had created such a snitch society and were, were do they, they, after the wall fell, they found warehouses full of documents that had everything from like the landlady in such and such building. They had uh, people that they were paying to spy on uh, the people in their building by tapping listening devices to the water pipes, and then they could listen through the water pipes. And they were collecting all these handwritten notes that nobody was Jeez. ever able to do anything with because they just had so. I mean, they were watching everybody. Nowadays, we have this technology, <laughs> and they can data mine it and be far more effective at it. So I think it is a little bit more of a, a danger. Yeah, but they're still getting so much they're information still, they still can't go through it all. They're still very incompetent and they're still the government, but So it isn't that we keep sacrificing our privacy in order to get um to the always growing national security state in exchange for greater security. 
The opposite well, is true. You believe. Right, that's what they would have you believe, but it's just not true. The opposite is true. We keep sacrificing our privacy to the always growing national security state in exchange for less security. This world is so vast, so secretive, and the, the world he's referring to is the uh, the secret underworld of the government, the uh, the, the sort of uh, growing homeland security state, top secret America is what they refer to it as. Um, this this world is so vast, so secretive, so well funded that it's very difficult to imagine how it could ever be brought under control. Brought under control, it it basically flowered just less than a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But you know, a government program, it's the closest thing to eternity. This is particularly uh, that's particularly true given its inexorable intertwining with the private sector. The billions upon billions of dollars funneled from the government into its private sector partners, which is the subject of the not yet published second installment of the Priest Arkin article, as I wrote when examining the revolving public-private shuttling of former DNI and Bose Allen executive Michael McConnell. In every way that matters, the separation between government and corporations is non-existent. Especially Cor- uh, though, corporations are a creation of the government. <laughs> especially though, not only when it comes to the national security and uh, surveillance state. Indeed, so extreme is the overlap that even McConnell, when he is uh, nominated to Bush's uh, DNI, told the New York Times that his ten years of working outside the government for Bose Allen would not impede his ability to run the nation's intelligence functions. That's because his Boz Allen, Bose Allen uh, work was indistinguishable from working for the government and therefore as he put it being at Boz Allen has allowed me to stay focused on national security and intelligence communities as a strategist and as a consultant therefore in many respects I've never left the yeah, NS- that's uh, it's you know I understand where he's coming from on that but can you imagine if the government actually had to uh create its own programs and do the actual creation of the hardware or the software that is actually collecting this information, it would never be successful. I can imagine it, yes. So uh, they need these corporate partners in order to contract the work out to so they can actually get it done. Because this bureauc- this guy who's now a bureaucrat will be more inefficient sure. now that he's a bureaucrat. All he's, and and that, that much is true. But all he's pointing out is, is that these partners then begin to drive the government itself to expand mm-hmm. in that area. Sure. If you're the government's partner in um, national intelligence collection data, you want more all contracts. you want is more intelligence data collected. Right. We must have every transmission of every every citizen of the world must come through us, and uh, the, you know we must mine it, we must store it, we must collect it, we must collate it, we must staple it, we must spindle it, we must fold it. And here's the price tag. And that's what it is, and that's that's all they're gonna do. That's how it goes with the military industrial complex. Look, we need things. That, we need people uh, in places that we can. Make go boom so we can build more stuff that goes boom it's actually it's not always here's the price tag it's here's the requirements private industry make sure that you do this no i meant the pri- the uh, private industry would be coming to them saying here we, we want to do this for you no, or- no 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 a lot of times they get mandates as to you will your voip platform the voip platform for instance whenever mm, you make a voip true. call uh the uh fbi and 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 the homeland security have a back door in it where they can pretty much log into the uh, soft switch they can send an extra stream off to law enforcement so that you know they, they don't even have to go through the whole warrant process anymore they pretty much have it's a back door to say hey send me all of ian's voip calls and and they'll record that into their servers and there you go yeah uh, yeah you're right about that it, the door swings both ways
So, but here, what you're talking about here, Mark, is this guy that worked for this private company that was doing all this contracting for the federal government basically feels like he's never left because he's still kind of in the same uh, area with the, well, now that he's working for the government. And, and because he came from that company, he can now lobby to get that company more contracts while sure. he's working for That's the government. That's how it's done. So when he leaves the government, he can go back to work for that company and you know, or whatever. And the and, vultures are beginning to pick at the corpse at this point. Uh, yeah. You know, I mean, the United he's States has got his stock options, and they're going up as a result of the contract. The government cannot keep up this level of spending, so it's going to have to. You know, it's 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 printing money. The <laughs> the body is beginning to swell. I'm sorry, the federal government is it's 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 on its last leg. <laughs> the NSA scandal revealed private telecom giants and other corporations now occupy the central role in carrying out the government's domestic surveillance and intelligence activities, almost always in the dark and beyond reach of oversight or the law. And Sam, this is what this is the industry you came from and you yeah. quit because it just began to darken your soul. Yeah, I mean, they, I was uh, doing DPI, DPA, which is means deep, nothing to me. Yes, deep packet inspection, deep packet analysis, and this is where. Uh, the ISPs basically have um, a backbone network, and you can put these these devices into the backbone that would get a copy of the internet stream of all the different protocols and so forth. Uh, DPA, deep packet analysis, is actually just sort of separating out the different protocols. So I can take email and I can put it on this uh, T1 line. I can take uh, HTTP, which is web uh, web page traffic. I can send it this way, file transfers, and, you know, so on. So I can break all the traffic up, and then I can stream it off somewhere. And that's sort of like taking, you know, wide open. It's like trying to drink from a fire hydrant. There's so much pressure, so much data coming out of the pipe that mm-hmm. there's no way to do it. So the DPA is like putting a sprinkler cap on where you can just go get one of the little streams and it's more manageable gotcha and so they were wanting me to uh, start selling this at the time dpi was still sort of not there yet i mean you, we could do it but it had to be filtered and sampled and so forth because even that little stream coming out of the fire hydrant was still a lot of, a lot data, of information yeah. and it's very expensive to process it and so forth but when you're the government hey you've got price tag isn't an option like right. it is for private industry so they can just get the raw feed and do all this stuff back in their uh data centers at the nsa or wherever and then you know we were also collecting um uh ss7 is the network that does all the switching before the ip telephony takes it's migrating to ip telephony now but for years it's been this signaling system 7 and we would we had a product that captured all of those calls for pretty much all of the phone companies and i would go in and do studies to help them do intercarrier settlements and so forth but homeland security would come in all the time to uh, bell south or at&t and ask us to go and run queries for them to help them oh they were just up, asking uh, Look up people's calls. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I was in corporate America. I didn't take it up with them uh, yeah. at that at that stage <laughs> in my life. <laughs> right, and corporations will do whatever the police ask. You're oh, yeah. right. Yeah. In many cases, the police will just send, uh, you know, a request to a, a corporation, and they'll say, "We would like for you to provide us with this and this and this." And if you look at a lot of those terms of service, you know, the lengthy, lengthy legalese documents that every website makes you click on, uh, a lot of it usually says something like. We will cooperate with law enforcement in whatever the F they want us to do. And some of them would question it and make them get a warrant. Others wouldn't even care. Yeah. So. 
So uh, 800-259-9231. Is there more, Mark? Oh, yes. We'll talk about it here in a little bit. Uh, you can take control of the airwaves. You believe the government's out there to keep you safe? 1-800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. varadio.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. Go ahead, compare our site to those other talk shows out there, and you tell me. Who's got the best deal for the money? Ours costs you zero, and it's got a whole bunch of stuff. Some of those other sites, they got some stuff, but you don't really know how much because you've got to pay seven bucks a month or whatever to even get into the uh, the content area of the site. So head on over to freetalklive.com and enjoy. You can actually get the registered there for free and submit content to the site. The site in, pretty much is created by listeners like you. Uh, the main feature of the site allows you to submit show prep suggestions to Free Talk Live, and we'll take those and uh, the most popular ones. Each listener votes. Uh, you can vote on the, the stuff that you like, and you can vote down the stuff you dislike, and the most liked make it to the front page and the top of our website, freetalklive.com. Sam is here tonight from obscuredtruth.com. Uh, Mark, uh, what? I just wanted to make the point that uh, if you if – you you know, if you're instead of listening to live radio, which, you know, I, I understand I like to listen to live radio, too. But something you can do is uh, take the MP3s or um, uh, off of uh, freetalklive.com and you can save a bunch of them on an, uh, on discs and, you know, just pop them in. And that way, you don't you don't hear near the uh, the commercials that you do on live radio. It's a good idea. All right. So uh, we are talking about a story from Salon.com. And I want to get back into that here in a moment. We'll have your recap for our listeners just tuning in. It's about this incredibly large and uh, bureaucratic federal government, the other side of the federal government the, the, that you don't ever really hear very much about, this new secret government thing that's been created since uh, the 9-11 attacks, supposedly to keep you safe. Well, how's it been doing at that job? We'll, uh, we'll continue that discussion. But first, Mandrick is on the line on the app lines. Hello, Mandrick. Hey, guys. How you doing tonight? What's on your mind tonight? Just- Hey, I wanted to talk about underage drinking. Uh, recently, past weeks or so, every once in a while, I hear uh, people bringing up about how they learn to drink from other kids when they're young, and they get sloppy drunk or you know end up killing each other. And I just wanted to share my experience as a kid. I sure. to call in about this. So uh, my family I, is all uh, was all born in Greece. You know, they all my aunts, uncles, parents, 
And uh, there's no drinking age over there. So for me growing up, it wasn't a big deal at all. I mean, Wait I a minute. You mean there with... there aren't drunken seven-year-olds stumbling through the streets offering themselves for sex? <laughs> Not the couple times I've been there. <laughs> Just making sure. I mean, that's what you. That's what these people have you believe. Mothers Against Drunk Driving and these other uh, anti-drinking Nazis. These teetotalers. These uh, yeah. these temperance. The modern temperance movement. They'd have you believe that there would just be all kinds of problems if we didn't have all these government laws prohibiting things. Yeah, and I actually I talked to my mom recently about it. I said I remember when I was six or seven, and you guys started giving me wine at dinner, and she just laughed at me. And I was like, "What?" She goes, "You were more like four or five. Wow, it's <laughs> amazing. I mean, it, and it, and here's the thing. It, was, it started out as every night at dinner, my, my dad liked to drink sparkling wine, and he still does every once in a while. He would have, like, a glass, and it was like these plastic – I mean, it wasn't like top-of-the-line sparkling wine here. But the bottle caps were these little plastic bottle caps, and you could pour, like, a little tiny sip in the top of it. And he would do that every night for me, and that would be my wine glass. So, I mean, I started really young. Like I said, I remember doing it when I was six, but apparently it was before that. And, uh, you know, it started out maybe like a sip or two every night. All I had to do was ask. And as I got older, I mean, by my, like, my preteens, we'd have family get-togethers all the time. I mean, yeah. kids are always looking for a reason to party. You're, you're great. So, uh, <laughs> so, I mean, it would be, there'd be tables of alcohol sitting there, wine coolers and coolers, and you just grab one. It was no big deal. Nine or ten, having a drink. So, really, really what that taught me, by the time I was a teenager, it, let me just add that nobody else in the family was getting sloppy drunk and fighting. I mean. Really? It, it, it was one thing for your parents to say, you know, just have one, but then it was reinforced by them, you know, only drinking what they feel was the right amount, you know. So nobody so went over. Not- so nobody in the adult uh, world that was influencing you went overboard. So you uh, you emulated their responsible use habits. Pretty pretty much. I mean, I think that's because it's one thing to say something, but if as I learned from my kids, if, if you don't back it up by your actions, it doesn't mean anything. Tell me about it. I mean, that's just that's just how it is. Yeah, you know, uh, I think I'm sure that in these uh, other countries like Greece and Ireland and, and Russia or wherever it is that they they um you know have uh, you know no drinking age or whatever. I'm sure they have alcoholics. I'm sure they have an issue with people abusing um, alcohol. I just think that a kid, it, it's not the alcoholism that is the issue to me. It's those terrible mistakes that one makes from. 15 or 16, I don't know what, what what age kids start drinking anymore, 15, 16, on up to, you know, 21, 22, 23. And that sort of, uh, you know, what that teaches them is, is one thing. But the other thing is how many awful mistakes they make in that meantime while figuring out, without their parents' guidance, how to consume alcohol. Hmm. I'm Trial sure, and error. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure um, that, uh, you know, people are going to get it's still there, you know, drink too much and all those other things. I just... Yeah, I remember some really. I, I remember blacking out, blackout drinking when I was that young, and I I don't want that for my child. I don't remember when I blacked out, but I I know what everyone told me I did, and, and it's not anything I'm proud of. <laughs> yeah, and I, I can honestly say that I've never. I mean, I, I get pretty drunk now if we're you know like a pork fest or something where I know I'm not driving anywhere and I'm there to have a good time. But even now, I don't. I'll never get to that level. I don't even want to. I mean, what's, I wouldn't get sick. That's not fun. Right. That's that's the thing is you've learned through uh, trial and error that, hey, if I drink too much of this stuff, I'm going to puke black stuff. And that's not going to be any yeah. fun. Yeah. Or I become a total well, yeah. jackball. That too. And, yeah. the, and the way I learned that was from hanging out with my friends when I was a teenager. They're like, let's go get drunk. And I was like, okay. And then you'd hang out with them and you'd see the way they're drinking. Meaning, like, well, meaning okay, your American so. friends. When did you move from, uh, from Greece? I might have missed that point. Uh, well, I was born here. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess you First, no, my, my entire family, when I say my family, I mean, uh, you know, like the, the older, the relatives. I have some older cousins that were born over there. But, gotcha. 
most of my generation, you know, the family, you know, came over to America by, you know, their 20s or 30s or whatever. Well, now, of course, so so, uh, so if that's the case, then that means your parents were, they were committing a crime. They were, they were <laughs> contributing to the delinquency of a minor by allowing you to have that wine at age four, and they deserved uh, time in prison. We don't do that kind of stuff here in America. Yeah, I should have clarified. This is this is all happening here in the good old USA. <laughs> they probably had no concept that it was against the law, and you know, mm-hmm. for good for good reason. They, they you know they they, they imagined it was the, the the land of the free. Yeah. Well, they knew, but they didn't care. But, but here's the thing: when I was hanging out with you know my American friends, it I didn't, it wasn't fun. I mean, you could have fun and drink, but it was just it was just stupid. They were just doing it. Because it was something bad, and then it's like, well, if I really want to drink, right. I'll just go home and eat dinner with my mom and dad. Yeah, to, they were doing it to drink. To they were drinking for the purpose of drinking, or and for getting drunk and getting wasted or effed up, as they and, might say, and to secure something that they're not supposed to have. You know, I, you know, mm-hmm. that's exactly. it, to, to have a little mission. Um, you know, something that's to exciting. Do. It is. It's it's something to do. To get your hands on the prohibited product, uh, the forbidden fruit aspect is a very sexy, very uh, attractive thing. But even once you get over the legal drinking age, uh, drinking has become for so many people like their whole life. That's what they do. They get together with their friends and talk about the crazy S they did the last time that they got drunk. And it's just, what kind of life is that? It's it's sad. And and, uh, even with with my kids now, when we go to weddings and stuff, I've offered them, you know, like a sip, and, and they don't like it. They don't want to drink it. And I say, whatever, you know. But here you go if you want to try it. The, the only thing I do say is I, I try to say, you know, don't talk about this, I guess, because other people, other people don't understand, you know. Yeah. It's not – for us, it's a cultural thing. It's not a – it was like I said, it wasn't a big deal. It was like, you know, I don't know always that- staples at dinner. I don't know that other people. Bread and wine. Sorry, I don't know that other people really don't understand, um, Andrick. I mean, my uncle offered me alcohol, and I drank it. uh, You know, some some portion of a beer, some small portion of a beer, when I was maybe six or eight or something like that. And I think that everybody gets gets offered it at some point or another at at gatherings and special occasions. So I don't think it's I don't think it's the kind of thing. I mean, I wouldn't go to public school and tell them, hey, yeah, right. you know. I, well, you I, never know, right? I mean, yeah. it's, a, it's a smart you know, idea to have your kids keep their mouths shut because they are probably not as good a judge of maybe uh, what someone's true intentions are or who they really are, what their uh, their character is, than maybe you, you might yeah, be yeah. with all your life experience, It's It's difficult to, you know, it's it's a scary world where they'll take your kids away for the God knows craziest they sure things. sure will. Mandrick, anything Absolutely. else you want to share? I just wanted to bring that up. Great story. Glad you called. Thanks for making it. 800-259-9231. More uh, police state, security state stuff here coming up, uh, as well as your phone calls at 800-259-9231. And if we've got a chance, I've got uh, a story that actually ties in, Mark, to what you're talking about here with all this security state and the lists and the no-fly this and that uh, and how it actually affects people's lives. 1-800-259-9231. Because they're not catching terrorists with all this information, but they are catching you and I. We'll uh, explain here. In a bit, it's free talk live. In the decades to come, hardy adventurers will colonize the solar system, rediscovering freedom and finding vast new wealth. But the government of Earth will seek to extend its power and claim that wealth as its own any way it can. Escape from Terra, Volume 1, the first trade paperback collection of the popular adventure webcomic series, is available now for $12.95 from Big Head Press at BigHeadPress.com. This 
is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Sam. And Mark. Sam is here from ObscuredTruth.com. Great videos with a pro-liberty theme to them, uh, documentary-style, kind of uh, news package sorts of uh, videos. I don't know. How, how do you describe ObscuredTruth.com? Yeah, it's my personal film school. <laughs> you've really learned a lot over the last uh, couple of years that you've been doing uh, the, this uh, this work. You did not go to school for it, and I think that your videos have an incredibly professional uh, feel to them. So Thank you. Kudos to you. Uh, what are you working on right now behind the scenes? Uh, well, right now... I- I use up about three terabytes a year currently. I'll probably double that next year. But um, meaning, just recording footage? Yeah, just archive, being able to archive everything. So I've ordered another six terabytes, uh, but I'm having trouble building the arrays, and it's just computer problems. So I'm sorting out all the storage stuff in the back end so that I can start editing the all of the projects from Porkfest, but that's what's on the plate next. Cool. Head on over to ObscuredTruth.com and get more of Sam's stuff. You can go to FreeTalkLive.com, get more FreeTalkLive, get a lot of uh, archives, for instance, news updates as well. If you want to be in the loop as to what's going on with the show, go to News.FreeTalkLive.com. You can get signed up there. Uh, you can join our email list. You can follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, do one of the above or all of the above if you'd like. Uh, go to news.freetalklive.com. Get signed up for the uh, the method of delivery that works best for you. And um, you're being researched online every day, and it's affecting your life whether you realize it or not. So know and control what the Internet says about you when you apply for a job, a loan, or to school, when you date, if you run a business. You're being researched and compared to others. Private, inaccurate, or unflattering information posted about you online can hurt your reputation, your career, even your relationships. Go to MyReputation.com to find out more. Use promo code FREE, F-R-E-E, and get a special discount at MyReputation.com. Put Reputation Defender to work for you at MyReputation.com. All right, 800-259-9231 as we continue here uh, with your phone calls about whatever you want. Uh, If you make them, 800-259-9231. We're talking about... This uh, secret governmental program, multiple programs, uncounted number of programs, uh, an uncounted number of billions of dollars, maybe trillions of dollars being poured into this. I don't know. Uh, Nobody knows. There's no way to find out. Mark, these are the programs the government started post 9-11 to keep you safe. Although we know that the government actually has no obligation to keep you safe, as multiple court decisions have determined, uh, one of them Warren versus District of Columbia, where essentially after women were being raped uh, and the police were called and the police basically didn't show up, uh, they sued them saying, hey, where's our protection? And the court threw it right out saying, well, sorry, we got no obligation to help you out. Yeah, you've got an obligation to pay us (laughs) because if you don't, we're going to steal your house. But eh, we can't really we don't really have to help you and if you don't get our help then too bad right i mean you know it's it's very it's a very simple concept if you think about having hired a private security company to keep your house safe and then they don't bother to show up when you call them uh, because you're being burglarized or or whatever that you could clearly sue those people for what it is you've Breach paid of contract. Yeah, for, for what, it, what it is you've paid for them and the damages that you uh, re, um you know received and all that other stuff you can't do that with the police because they don't work for you they just steal your money so, despite the PR. Anyway, let's go back to the federal government level and see what else they're up to. Long before Priest and Arkin, uh, the Priest-Arkin article, Tim Sherrick has been documenting this sprawling, secretive, merged public-private world that combines unchecked surveillance and national security powers with enormous corporate, corporate profits. 
So long, um, so long as the world uh, word terrorism continues to be able to strike fear in the hearts of enough citizens and media stars, as communism did before it, the political class, no matter who is elected, will be petrified to oppose any of this, even if they wanted to. And why would they want That's to? That's not true. The Democrats... They don't like corporations. The Democrats are in favor of the little guy, and they are going to come in there, and they are going to clean house. Is that why uh, Obama's been, uh, you know, uh, basically started a war on uh, whistleblowers? Well, I mean, he's got a, it's a real tough time being the president. I, I'm just saying it, it takes time. He's got other things he's got to deal with. But trust me, in his second term, he's going to clean house. He's going to show these corporations who's the boss. Well, Wait, but the, the war in Afghanistan has expanded. He's sending more uh, drone missiles into uh, Pakistan region and killing a hundred civilians for one suspected terrorist. He said that well, we were going to get to see. You know, hold on, he said that we were going to get to see all of the health care debate, and that you know these people, these senators who were bought and paid for, are going to have to come in and account and and uh, debate this stuff openly. And that didn't happen. He said we'd have a seven day waiting period, and that didn't happen. No lobbyists in his government. No lobbyists, but yet he's hired all the lobbyists. But oh, they're on you know some kind of leave of absence or whatever, which is total BS. So tell me, what promise has he? kept i i could i couldn't tell you i haven't really been following too closely yeah, okay. but uh, but i know what he said and i know that in order to be a good president these days you have to kill some brown people so once he gets <laughs> the quota of brown people killed he's going to turn things around second term just give him another try sure anyway mark go ahead yeah salon.com's uh, glenn greenwald here yeah, so why would they want to, and why would they want that? And it's thus it grows and becomes more powerful, all justified by the endless appeals to the terrorists. Yep. That's why it's difficult to imagine, short of some severe citizen unrest, how any of this would be brought under control. No, yeah. it's, it's easy to imagine how it's going to be brought under control. The government has already spent itself into insolvency. It simply can't extricate itself from the hole that it has created the economics is unavoidable it's right at this point it is unavoidable the dollar will cease at some point in your in the relative future to be the world reserve currency it's possible i suppose that the rest of the world uh, the world's currencies will uh dive bomb um and and you know shatter on the pavement but it's more than likely the government has just spent itself into insolvency, and, and you're going to see the end of it. China's actually come out and said that they don't see the the U.S. Uh, currency being the world reserve currency for much longer. Yeah. So I mean, the writing's on the wall, and other countries are starting to say that. Nice. Um, let's see. That's why it's uh, short, uh, difficult to imagine, sort of some civil unrest, how any of this will be brought under control. One of the few scenarios that one can envision for such unrest involves growing... Uh, wealth disparities and increasing capricious elite uh, corruption. The um, New York Times uh, today investment banker and former Clinton Treasury official Roger Altman announced that alleged tension between President Obama and the business community can be solved only if the political class is willing to fix Social Security, i.e. slash Americans retirement uh, security sooner or later, probably sooner. (laughs) One uh, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How long... Have they been saying they're going to fix Social Security? They've been, this is the, they, they promised this every four, two to four years during every election season. We need to fix Social Security. Well, the, the answer is that, <laughs> that, that's what's got to happen for Social Security, right? Like Social Security is no longer going to be the, the program where you can get it at 63 and a half or, or 65 or whatever, um, depending no, on what you want. 
The only way to fix it is to raise the retirement age and increase the amount of money that they're extracting from people's paychecks. Right. right? Increase the amount they take from people. Lower the payouts. Lower the payouts. um, Increase the retirement age. Those are your choices. And it's probably going to be all three of them. And so fix Social but, Security. But remember, the banks got bailouts. All the banks, all the rich people got bailouts. Fix, and, fixing Social Security doesn't mean helping you, the little guy. It means making it so the program can continue to operate. That's all. And let's not forget the program is a Ponzi scheme. Yes. They took the money. They didn't invest it. They spent it. And now they that it's it gone, take it take they're it, like, yeah. well, we just need to take more. That's right. That's how they do it. More coming up here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. And this is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam, though there have been some technical difficulties uh, with it over the past several days, apparently. Uh, and I have gotten it back online. One of the nice things about having multiple computers here in the studio. Uh, so the cam should be up and operational right now. It is, by the way, brought to you by our friends over at MemoryDealers.com. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. They offer great prices and service on used networking equipment, such as Cisco routers and switches. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers. They're 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers and up to 99% off of list price. Memory Dealers, uh, they've got all their stuff in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery at MemoryDealers.com. All right, again, the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. As we continue uh, discussing from Salon.com's Glenn Greenwald, the secret government that is so big, well, nobody really knows how big it is because, well, it's secret. Uh, but they, we're pretty sure it keeps getting bigger and more uh, obtuse, and, and it's not getting any better at finding any terrorism. Spending itself into insolvency. Yeah. Investment banker and former Clinton uh, uh, Treasury official Roger Altman announced that the alleged tension between President Obama and the business community can be solved only by if the political class is willing to fix Social Security, i.e. to slash Americans' retirement security. Sooner or later, probably sooner, one way or another, probably this way, that's what's going to happen. It's inevitable. As George Carlin put it several years ago in an amazingly succinct summary of so many things, and now they're coming for your Social Security money. They want your effing retirement money. They want it back so that they can give it to their criminal friends on Wall Street. Mm -hmm. And you know something? They'll get it. They'll get it all from you sooner or later because they own this place. It's a big club and you're not in it. 
And you're a bunch of dupes because uh, you go along right. with it. You you wave the flags. You, yeah. th- you you it's it's like it's like people who are uh, wearing the the Boston Red Sox jerseys. You're not in the Boston <laughs> Red Sox. The Boston Red Sox don't care a flip about you. The Boston Red Sox care more about you than the uh, government the, the, does. You the fan than the American government does about you the American citizen. Yeah, a lot more. At least they sold you the T-shirt and the beer on a voluntary basis, uh, even though you right. paid. Too they much. know that you have to keep coming back. The only thing the government cares is that you don't rise up with pitchforks and torches and kill them. And they know that it's... I mean, if any, any student of history realizes that's what's going to happen at some point or another, they just want to siphon as much money off of the American people as possible. Hopefully we avoid something like that with a peaceful evolution rather than yet another revolution. But, eh, you know, that's what's going to happen at some point or another. The only really relevant question is how much longer will Americans sit by and passively watch as a tiny elite become more bloated, more powerful, greedier, more corrupt, and more unaccountable? As the little economic security, privacy, and freedom most citizens possess vanishes further still. How long can this be sustained where more and more money is poured into endless war? A military that almost spends more than the rest of the world combined where close to 50% of all U.S. tax revenue goes to military and intelligence spending. I don't know where he gets that number from. I'll have to check that out later. Um, Where the rich-poor gap grows seemingly without end, and the very people who virtually destroyed the world economy wallow in greater rewards than ever, all while public infrastructure, both figuratively and literally, crumbles, and the ruling class is openly collaborating with a bipartisan public-private basis even to cut security benefits, excuse Social Security benefits. The answer, unfortunately, is probably this. It'll go on a lot longer. Oh, and yeah. one primary yeah. reason... Until Americans are tired of uh, having the idea of government around. And I, don't see any, I don't see them getting giving up on that anytime soon unless we can have a real paradigm shift here somehow. And I don't know how that's going to happen. One primary reason is that our media-shaped political discourse is so altern- alternatively distractive, distracted and distorted, and that even shining light in all of the matters, um, all of this matters little. The New York Times' Peter Baker had a good article this weekend on how totally inconsequential squabbles dominate the more um, news more or less continuously. It's true, but to the media's credit, sometimes they get it right. And the, recently there have been a few examples of how they've done that. The USA Today story about recording the cops really brought that issue ma- mainstream in that now ABC News has done a major uh, feature piece on having pe- the, you know, the shock that uh, Americans can't record their servants. Uh, so they, they're getting, you know, I don't know how this happens. Like, how do I they get it right sometimes? They well, do, they're, they're losing legitimacy and credibility among the masses uh, their their viewership is in decline, so they're doing something. They're like, oh, okay, well, maybe we can that we can do a simple story about you know filming the cops. That that one's they'll pick like the low hanging fruit that doesn't mm-hmm. criticize the government too much, but is just so freaking obvious that. I- this should be allowed i don't even know if the 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 media people i don't think they're in on it i think they're just as duped as so many americans are. oh i I don't think there's any in on it here i think that uh, the media is just simply indoctrinated bunch of people like the rest of america and they're just you know they're just parroting what they've been told in government schools there's no there's no grandiose plot here amongst uh, all the editors of the newspapers of the world as as the conspiracy uh, folks might have you believe okay there may be something to the idea that ted turner would like to influence things in, in certain directions 
questions. I think that probably makes sense. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, people will talk. They'll talk a lot of trash about the clear channels of the world. And I'm sorry, we're on some major clear channel radio stations on this program. On at least our Saturday night show is and clear channels about making money. Yeah, yeah. You know the uh, this week's riveting the this week's riveting drama was the bickering between the White House and Nancy Pelosi over Robert Gibbs's warning that the Democratic control of the House was endangered. Baker quotes Democratic strategist uh, Chris Lahane as follows: "Politics in D.C. have become Seinfeld-esque fights about nothing." If you read and write about politics full time and are thus forced to subject yourself to the political media, as I am. This uh, going Poor on. bastard. What's what's the guy's name again? Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald. That's right. I've forgotten <laughs> his, his his title is his byline's way up there, so I've forgotten. That's what uh, most. Uh, what's most striking aren't the outrages and corruptions, but the overwhelming, suffocating, numbing stream of stupidity and triviality that floods the brain. Absolutely, it's just another uh, bread and circus, if you will. I mean, the politics itself masquerades as being this high-minded, uh, essential, really important th- uh, thing for Americans to engage in. You need to get involved, uh, but really, it's just really petty crap yeah. of uh, left versus right. One has to battle the temptation, just turn away and ignore it all. Every day, day after day, it's consumed by some totally irrelevant, I, I say, no, distracting no melodrama. There's no reason to battle. <laughs> Go ahead, turn away and ignore it all. <laughs> well, this but guy can't. Get, get together with other like-minded people who are willing to actually ignore it. Because it's one thing to say you're ignoring it, and it's another thing to actually ignore them, as in, like, not pay them. right? Because if you aren't paying them, then you really are ignoring them. Then you're really saying, look... You guys do whatever you want. Just don't mess with me. I'm not going to give you any money. That would be an for me. That'd be an ideal state to be in. I would I would really enjoy that. Uh, and I'm not quite ready to stop paying the uh, the local gang. But eventually, if we can get enough people who, together who are, then I'm on board, man. As soon as I, I I am ready to stop paying them. I mean, mentally, it's just not quite there uh, financially and not quite there you know, getting my ducks in a row. Right. Um, what Sarah Palin wrote on her Facebook page, some outrageous snippet of a comment made by John Boehner or Harry Reid, some crazy attention tracting a statement from some fringe idiot figure or TV blowhard that is exploited for superficial partisan gain or distracting value. Hey, look over here. I think that what Michelle Bachman said is something outrageous. I can't recall an incident that better captures our political culture than this from the Political Report on one of last week's fascinating royal court dramas. The insulting tra- insult trading between Palin and Mitt Romney. Asked about the comments by Politico, a longtime Palin aide unloaded on Romney's staff. For Washington consultants to sit around and personally disparage the governor, um, ab- unanim- uh, excuse me, uh, anonymously to report it's unfor- uh, unfortunate and counterproductive. Frankly, it's immature, said the aide who spoke on conditions of anonymity. So it's just barb trading and sure, nonsense. Sure, it's just to distract people and keep them away from uh, the truth that... The government itself is immature by the fact that it does its uh, business at the point of a gun. I mean, that's a hallmark of immaturity in my uh, my book, that you're threatening people. You're a big bully. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Enough time for your call. Perhaps if you make it now at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line, 
1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind, and you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We've got our uh, listening options for you, live streams, our webcam, listening lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go and get all the details. Get tuned in. Listen.freetalklive.com. You know, uh, there's a weight loss product out there that will help you lose weight without you having to change your lifestyle in any way. If you're not getting, if you don't like getting to the gym, if uh, you're not fitting that into your lifestyle, if you're terrible at dieting like I am, <laughs> take Lumathin Plus. It's uh, LumathinPlus.com. It is a it it it's a great supplement. I've been taking it uh, for a while now. I just take it as sort of a maintenance thing, so that uh, I don't gain the weight weight back, but. For a while there, I had no solutions. I couldn't figure out what I was going to do as far as my weight. Go to LumathinPlus.com. Solve your weight uh, problem today at LumathinPlus.com. All right. Oh, we're going to take a break from this uh, story from Salon, which is covering a variety of different points, and I think they're all relevant, and, uh, and, and most of them are pretty important. But we're going to take a break because Surreal is on the line, and he's calling from any club. Surreal, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hey, guys. How's it going? Surreal, what's on your mind tonight? A couple days ago, Mark had a list of uh, top 10, ten things women should know about men's brains. And I think you're asking for a top 10 list that men should know about women. Yeah, I did. I was wondering if there was a list like that out there. And Mark said that on the Live Science website, they didn't have it. So uh, you've got one for us? I do. I've got a top 10 list for you about women, their brains, and their sexual interests. Oh, All right. Boy. Let's hear it. So what women want. According to Surreal. Women, this is what women want. Um, do you need a drum roll or are you going to be okay? I do need a drum roll, please. Yes. <laughs> no, number one. Think that women want but would never admit women love sex. Well, duh. More than men. But not just any kind of sex. They love to be effed. Now, they love the gentle stuff, too, but they really like the other kind. Okay. And you know this from your own, personal, uh, your own personal experience? Yes. Okay. Got it. Of course. I don't think he's really going Women, on a limb here. No, I don't think he's right about that. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's right. Yeah. Women love dirty talk. They I'd say really some do, some do. don't, right? They, they pretty much all do, and I'm okay. generalizing. All right. You're going to have to in this list, right? Well, I'd say 80% plus. Even the conservative ones, even the prim and proper ones, they are looking for someone to help them let loose, and they need a real man to do that. So talking dirty to them will release their inner slut, which they all have. Now, remember, women have to compartmentalize their sexuality. Men don't have to. What does that mean, compartmentalize their sexuality? You'll, You'll hear women often talk about this part of me enjoys this. I like this when I'm in a certain mood. I I can eat this food when I'm a certain feelings. I like sexual things sometimes. They've got to really push it away because the truth is they love it, period. But they have to give themselves an excuse. Part of me likes it this way. So they have a justification to be that dirty girl that they really want to be. Gotcha. Yeah. Women love to be naughty. They this like number to six? feel like they're naughty. Wait, what number are we on here? I'm losing track. I think we're on three. Oh, wait. I thought we were in the other way. We're not going down the list? Not 10, 9, 8? No, so no order in general. Okay. No uh, particular order. They no, love ahead. to be naughty. 
They like to feel naughty. That's part of the compartmentalizing. Um, you can tap into that by telling them how naughty they're being, um, and they will really enjoy that. They really love that. And these are things that women won't admit to, and if you ask them, they will probably deny it unless they're very sexually mature and embrace their own sexuality. Interesting. Cause, Especially cause if you remember, just wander women, up and ask them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we think about this. Women are so out of touch with their own sexuality because not just of societal pressures. Physically, how do men know when they're aroused? Anyone? I think we all know. Exactly. Our penises fill with blood. They actually move and shift, and we feel every tiny amount of arousal. We are aware of it instantly. How do women know when they're aroused? Lubrication. They don't know that, though, until they're incredibly lubricated, because the lubrication is on the inside. Okay. If you're... Have you ever had a female friend or, or a girlfriend who said, oh, my God, I just came back from the bathroom. I had, had no idea how aroused I was. Hmm. So they are often out of touch with their sexual, sexuality, and they sometimes don't know they're horny until they have a feeling. So we have a physical sensation. They have to wait until they have a feeling, which comes much longer after actual sexual arousal happens. There was a really great study where they hooked women up to blood-measuring machines that measured blood flow to the private parts and men. They showed both of them hardcore pornography. The women responded equally to the men as far as their blood flow and their arousal. When you interviewed the women afterwards, many of them said, no, I was not turned on. I was turned off. I was disgusted at what I saw. But physiologically... And the truth was, they were very aroused and turned on, as much as men. Hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Got that from Dr. Dean Adele, by the way, radio buddy. Very good. Number what? Yeah, what number we, are we on here? Yeah. I have a four. Keep, keep the numbers Women going. love to be taboo. They like things that are not allowed. Um, being tied up, um, uh, being helpless. Anything that is not allowed. I think you've you know, gone out on the, 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 the yeah, I think that you're one out goes on the too now. far. Some will like well, that, some won't. It, it may work for you, pal, but I, I you know. <laughs> you would be you gotta, surprised. I mean, well, I would test Do they like to tie you up and, and whip you with things is what I want to know. Now, well, let's go along with the next one. Women love to be dominated. This is surreal. By the way, I'd like to hear a woman call in. With <laughs> yeah, that. well, what we're hearing is, Guys, is the type of women. Again. Hold on, hold on. What we're hearing is the type of women that you believe exist out there in the world and therefore are attracted to you because of I, the vibe uh, that you put off. I would, I would disagree with that. Okay. Um, and I've tested this because, guys, just two years ago, I was an AFC, a chump, an average frustrated chump. And I tested some of these crazy theories I'm reading to you with women I had met in the last couple of years. And to a T, they really appreciate a man who will lead them, not just in relationships and social settings, but in sex, sex as well. And telling them, I am going to do this. I am going, and you decide the position changes. Yep, the man agree. leads them. Right. And this is a form of domination in a way. Now, I'm not talking about being a jerk and violent, but um, really pushing things. And look, they will tell you if they're uncomfortable, but let them tell you that. And you will be surprised at how 
much they appreciate this and desire it and are just, are just driven crazy by a man who leads and takes them places and does things that they never would have thought before. It's, what do they mean the when they that, say words like um, arrogant and vain and uh, self-involved? What are, they, what are they trying to tell me when I tell me things like that? <laughs> <laughs> well, then you need to be a little bit better and more... You need to understand that women can't overtly admit to these things, and nor can you overtly ask for them. You have to play the game. Well, like, I'm not um, interested in tying a girl up. It's just not my thing, fine. Surreal. Sure, sure, but... Can I dominate her by telling her to go do the laundry? (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, no. In bed. Um, You know, and this is like... um, Because I can tell you my wife doesn't like that kind of domination at all. It's going to get me in big trouble. (laughs) You might be surprised. And and here's something else. Another another truth. Women love to get slutty. Slutty. Now, that doesn't mean that they are sluts. They don't want to be sluts. No, you should never use that terminology. No, you certainly can. I don't want to be a slut. Certainly you can. I wouldn't use it. I see no value in in being role-playing. If you do it in the guise of role-playing and allow them to access that compartment, that, that slut compartment, which means that they are so desired by a man, you know, that they want to get so crazy and wild that they can let loose and really explore their sexuality. I'll tell you what, Surreal, I'm going to put you on hold. If you can stick with us, I know you've got more to your list. Uh, can you hang with us for a little bit? We're going to go an ex- yeah. extended time here uh, during the internet. We're going to do internet-only uh, version here. We'll continue Surreal's list. Not too list. long, though. I've got to get home. Well, I thought you wanted to finish the I do uh, want to do that. I'm just saying Greenwald not too long. Thing. Okay, well, uh, well we want to, Mark wanted to finish his Glenn Greenwald story, and so we're going to get to that, too, as soon as Surreal is wrapping up his list. Minutes, and we'll also maybe. take your calls as well. Uh, so if you're on the radio, we'll see you tomorrow night. Enjoy the rest of whatever program is coming up next on your local station. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com, also lrn.fm. Tune in because here in a few moments we're going to continue and go internet only, uncensored, no FCC, etc. So uh, join us. Stick around if you're on our internet feeds. Uh, More Free Talk Live coming up here in mere moments. You know, you're allowed to uh, participate in obscenity, but not uh, indecency, but not obscenity. It's Free Talk Live, the extended edition of the program. We're here, internet only. Well, I mean, sometimes there are pirate radio stations that pick up the feed. Uh, Their number is not toll-free right now. The number is 603-435-1105, as Zeus just announced to you a few moments ago. Uh, Still here, it is Ian. And Sam. And Mark. All right. So we don't have to rush now to get through uh, the list, although, Mark, you do have your wife to get home to. And are you going to, like, tie her up and, you know, beat her or something like that? Call her a slut. I, I, some of these things are <laughs> some of these things like are, good ideas at all. No, I, I, some of these things are turnoffs to me personally. But uh, Sir Real is with us calling from any club. Uh, and he's here to give us the the 10 things that women want, uh, the 10 things you should know about women uh, from a sexual perspective, uh, at least from Surreal's perspective, and based on that his... That they're afraid to ask for. So, um, that they can't admit to themselves. Surreal, this uh, AFC, this uh, average frustrated chump, uh, you know, lights up my uh, ear and makes me think uh, the mystery method. What? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. What is that? Mystery method is that's a... Well, there are many methods. Mystery was one of the pioneers. Okay. Um, going direct is much, he's an indirect method uh, as opposed to a direct method. And really, I am beyond this. I'm talking about seduction itself. 
he's more about the initial attraction and um, comfort building to get to the point of seduction. Uh, whereas these, once you're there, these truths are self-evident, <laughs> I, I believe. So, Mark, when you go home tonight, oh, no. um, if you just take Laura's hands, put them above her head when you're making love to her, uh-huh. and hold them there, that's a form of domination. Okay. She is be- she's being submissive, and she will really, really love that. I mean, maybe you do Sunday? that already. <laughs> go on. Yeah, is, is Sunday dominance night? Yeah, <laughs> Sunday, we, Sunday, Sunday. I'm it's... just suggesting that married people may not have sex uh, as often as people might imagine. <laughs> right. Now, the corollary to that is that women love to be submissive. Now, not all women, of course, not all the time, but um, to be feminine is to submit in many ways. And this doesn't mean they can't be highly competent businesswomen, family raisers, and money managers. But they want to be the, their feminine side must be respected, and and they really appreciate being submissive and being taken. I said before, read any female romance novel. Every fantasy is about being ravished. Yeah, yeah. I'll, raped. I'll, I'll jump in here. Uh, you know, the things you're saying don't apply to every woman. You know, but. I think there's a lot of truths to the things that you're saying, and one of the things that I've found is the more successful uh, women are, like in the business world or in their personal lives, the more open they are to talking about these kind of things, to expressing some of these ideas that you're bringing up, to actually bringing them up. And, uh, you know, I've dated some very successful women that were executives, you know, earning top 10%, uh, a business owner who... um, it was very successful later went on to be ceo of multi-million dollar company and they, they it was like this you know she made all the decisions at work all day got to call the shots was playing kind of the traditional man's role in the world and then when she got home she just wanted to kind of relax and let me sort of take take over so you know, i think you have right. to couple this uh the, this dominance and and, and I, I would agree that it's 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 being dominant as opposed i i don't know what dominance and dominant seem to have uh, slightly different connotations but um I think you have to couple it with a certain level of respect, but I, I, it's hard for me to entirely disagree. I'm not going to disagree because I think that there's a lot of truth to what you say. Sure. Yeah. And, and again, I'm generalizing, but at the to. same time, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I mean, like even the most hardcore dominatrix in her heart wants a man to just do her in ways she cannot control. <laughs> she, they like to feel controlled in many ways, like they're out of control because then they can justify Oh my God, I didn't know what was happening. I was not in control of myself. Therefore, it's okay to scream as I'm being effed so hard. You know? That's what they want. Okay, here's another truth here. Women are horny monsters more than men. More so than men. They just really. Yeah, no, you hear this a lot all, that at the male right. strip clubs, it's the women are far worse than anything that goes on at, true at in the, my uh, the female strip. But then clubs. again, I'm not that horny of a man, so but it's always been true for me. Yeah, yeah, and and women need men, but and so many of them are dissatisfied to the point of insanity because so many men have been brainwashed by you know the same people that brainwash women into thinking that no no you cannot express your sexuality feminism has killed most real men off and uh 
So, so being able to, so not, not apologizing for your own sexuality and, and, and satisfying a woman and saying, I want you now. Well, I, I am aroused. I, think that, and I, you know, I, don't, I don't know about this, uh, this, this longing for the days of real men thing, because uh, longing for those days brings about uh, a certain level of brutality that uh, went along with it. I think that the, the new man, if you want to call him a real man or whatever, the new man is a guy who can be, uh, you know, he, he can be a certain, a, certain, a certain level of dominance. He doesn't have to do it in the way, um, you know, it's, it's been done in the past uh, through you know, brutality and violence. He can do it through, you know, the, the force of his personality. And if it doesn't work through the force of his personality, that wasn't the right chick anyway, and he can go on to the next one. Agreed. And what you're speaking about are the jerks, the assholes. I can say that, can't I? You can. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The, you, you always hear women say, I want a nice guy. That's not what they really mean. What they mean is, I want to be attracted to a nice guy. <laughs> right. But, but most, I can't be. <laughs> right. Most nice guys, traditional chumps, are not that attractive. It's the assholes and the bad boys who get all the pussy. Um, and right. If you can show have, them dominance without showing them uh, weakness, uh, you know, or, uh, without being the jerk, violent. if you can show them the dominance, then I think you'll, you'll have uh, you know, better luck, is my opinion. Exactly right. And that's what part of, you know, what you brought up with the mystery method. And there are so many other ones out there that uh, really help men and, in, and they really help women. Women love meeting pickup artists because they are, they're not pussies. They're not chumps. They're not nice guys. They uh, have confidence. They will take them in the way that they've been only dreaming of, give them screaming orgasms, dominate them, and still be cool about it and not slap them, be a jerk. They still have jobs. You know, they're not using women for sex. They really like connections. And they're just men who are giving women what they want and learning the difference between asshole and confidence. What else you got, Surreal? Well, I think that's about it there for this time. Uh, I may have, you know... A few other things in the future, perhaps, but for now, I think that's pretty good. There's your top ten list. That's pretty good. <laughs> what women want. Yeah, I don't know that it's entirely admit. true, but I don't think that it's uh, – it's certainly not entirely false. Now, I, I, you know, I'm going to have to get a, a larger than uh, 50% uh, thumbs up. Surreal, did you but, actually take the time to write this out from your own experience, or did you call this from uh, somewhere on the, on the Internet? I am reading a, from a book right now um, by David Shade. The Secrets of Female Sexuality. Now, there are several books out there that you will never find in a bookstore because it uses very extreme language, and it's not politically correct, and it uses um, realistic language. And it's not written by politically correct scientists. It's written by people who are, are in the field, have tested these things. There's really a growing movement of a body of evidence sort of scientifically tested. I say sort of because you can't really empirically do it tested. empirically without, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, it could not be peer-reviewed in the scientific journal. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, a lot it of these guys' methods include, uh, you know, essentially maintaining a contact database and uh, expanding your contact database. And if that one method was employed by 
any retarded uh, jerk. I'm, I'm sorry for uh, you know using a, a you know a colloquial term there for people that might have uh, mental disabilities. But if anybody could do this this one contact um, you know database management thing, then that in and of itself will work. Essentially, if you want girls, you need to talk to girls. If you want to um, if you want girls to go out on dates with you, you need to ask girls out on dates with you. So I mean, if if you do nothing else, you you'll have some success by doing that. True, but not true. I, you know, struggled for years dating girls who became my friends. So one of the secrets is to quickly and immediately set the frame that you are a sexual being interested in her as a sexual being. You're not in it for friendship. You, are, you keep it sexual and are taking it there for a reason, and you're not ashamed of it either. That will turn a woman on, and that's refreshing. Yeah, well, I wouldn't know how to do otherwise. <laughs> hey, uh, Mark, does Laura listen to the show? You prick. What? No, Will she Laura doesn't. listen to the show tonight? No, no. It's, it's, she would be caught dead, my friend. <laughs> okay, then when you go home tonight, just try one little thing. When you kiss her, hold her hands behind her back and maybe push her against a wall and then walk away and just see if something lights up and she's wow, you know. And tell us about it tomorrow at 7. Yeah, I'm not going to tell us about it tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not telling you people push your wife. anything Come about on. my wife and Come I's on, sexual Mark. relationship. Give it up for the show. <laughs> Gee, thanks for thanks the coaching, surreal. surreal. I appreciate it. I appreciate the call, the information, and I uh, would love to hear from some of the lady listeners on this one. Thanks, Surreal. Uh, good night. Uh, to 603-435-1105. Another call on the amp lines. Oh, apparently not. All right, so 603-435-1105. We go back Let's to uh, Glenn Greenwald. That's lawn.com. Yeah, whatever these petty distractions fail to achieve, he's talking about the media here, um, active media distortion takes care of the rest. This superb article by Mark Pendergrass, this thing is just riddled with links, by the way, um, and, and I recommend everybody go through and, and read, read it. It left me stunned, this article, by Pendergrass, the... Ombudsman for Stars and Stripes details the billions of dollars secretly and probably illegally spent by the Pentagon, much of it on private contractors who um, subject not only foreign nationals but also American citizens to pure propaganda campaigns. The Pentagon propaganda program exposed by David Barstow is but a representative sliver of the weapons used by the national security state and its private partners to control media behavior and shape public opinion. Billions upon billions of dollars are spent for this uh, propaganda, pro, uh, propagandistic purpose at exactly the time that real journalistic outlets are failing. Television journalists, right, because what journalism used to be about was taking government uh, um, memos and, and republishing them. And now that the dinosaur is uh, beginning to die, they certainly aren't going out and doing much more investigative journalism. Well, some of them are coming to the government saying, well, now we need a handout. Yeah, the newspapers and others that are having a really tough time are basically encouraging the government people to start investigating the idea of nonprofits for newspapers and and uh, I mean they're not actually coming right out and asking for subsidies yet, but it's not far off. It's definitely yeah, it's heading towards state-run media. It is. Television journalists think that they're covering war zones when they submit to Pentagon embedding and then broadcast what they're being allowed to see while <laughs> repeating government lies about war without challenge. And when all else fails. We're told to look over there and at those bad, evil things done by those other countries. Hey, look at Pakistan, whose citizens are pumped full of myths and disinformation while their wealthy manipulate the law so as not to pay their fair share of taxes. And Iran detains people without charges and China tortures. Can you believe them? 
Meanwhile, the real U.S. government, the network of secret public and private organizations which comprise the national security surveillance state, expands and surveils and pilfers and destroys without much attention and with virtually no real oversight or accountability. It sucks up the vast bulk of national resources and redirects the rest of those who own it and con- redirects the rest to those who own and control it. To their immense credit, Donna Priest and William Arkin will spend the week disclosing the details of what they've learned over the past two years investigating all of this, but the core concepts have long been glaringly evident. But Sarah Palin's Twitter um, malapomorsms <laughs> yesterday will almost certainly receive far more attention than anything exposed by the Priest-Arkin investigation. And don't forget Lindsay Lohan's going to jail. Oh, That's yeah. right, but she won't, she won't do 90 days. So we'll continue to fixate on the trappings. Why do I even know how many days <laughs> Lindsay Lohan was sentenced to? I it mean, doesn't like matter. These, just, these tidbits are <laughs> magnets for your ears. How much news have I heard today, but I know that Lindsay Lohan got And she got days. OJ's lawyer, so she's going to get out soon. Just, <laughs> um, the trappings of theater and government while the real government i don't even know what Lindsay lohan looks like this the biggest picture either. i've seen i, I how, think she's blonde seen ever, yeah is was the the little tiny postage stamp thing that's on yahoo and i never mm. bothered to even click on it because i you know i wouldn't be caught dead <sighs> so we'll continue to fixate on the trappings and theaters of government while the real government churns blissfully in the dark bombing and detaining and abducting and spying and even assassinating without much bother from anyone Glenn Greenwald, Salon.com. One more call here, uh, 603-435-1105. You're on the air. Hello. Hey, how you guys doing today? Who's this? Uh, my name's John. John, what's on your mind? Um, where, What was the problem with that loser calling about reading out of a book how to hit on chicks? Really? <laughs> I mean, do people really need to be doing that? Doing what? I mean, reading on books? Uh, yes, people need to read. People need instructions about how to do everything in this world, including how to hit on women. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> what a what a sorry ass world it is. <laughs> I mean, how are you supposed to learn bad. this stuff? There's there's no instruction well, book on this stuff. How are you supposed to learn how to be real? How are you supposed to learn how to be real? Uh, well, you can do yeah. trial and error, but doesn't it make sense to to uh, to uh, to talk to somebody who's maybe trialed and errored more often and, and try to avoid some of their errors? I mean, that makes seems like it makes sense to me. No way, no way. What do you recommend? I think, I think that being real will probably do you the best as far as reaching that long term relationship that you're going to be most satisfied with. However, I also think you can pick your personality to some extent, and I I do think that what these guys are recommending, these books and stuff, will probably make you a better pickup artist if that's what you wanted to do. It's At one point in my do. life, that's what I wanted to do. Today, it's not. Well, but they'll also give you more at-bats or put yeah, you in front of more women, have thing. more conversations, so you get a larger variety of what's available, and you and you have okay, a well, greater I'm selection to pick from. That. What are you, what, right, what are you well, for? I'm, well, um, I'm, I'm not for helping any of them, okay? <laughs> oh, so you're, you're, I look at them as competition. There's two kinds of people I in see. the world. There's fake and there's real people, and that's it. So you're saying so you're worried that if people take people. so you're worried that if more people take surreal's advice that it'll be more difficult for you uh, to <laughs> have success with women is that the idea? No, not at all. No, no, it's just uh, they're just annoying. Um, Who is they? Like when I go to the um, those guys. Okay, when I'm sitting at the bar, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm hanging with some chick or something, and I I go off to the bathroom, and like three, four. 
douchebags come up and they got it, you know, they're trying to get fast. You know, can I get your number? They're handing her, you know, numbers and stuff. And, and I come back and, you know, they all scatter. And, and, I, and I'm like, what, what the hell is that? Well, if they're douchebags. Well, if they're douchebags, what do you have to worry about? Oh, I don't. Ha- I'm not worried. Oh, so I'm what's not, the big I'm not deal? Worried. The big deal is is why are you giving these people some kind of a fake sense of reality of uh, meeting somebody? Uh, you know, let's let's go to the core of the problem. The problem isn't what women like and what you like and getting those things together. The core of the problem is, is that each of you don't know how to be real. Okay, so so let's start teaching people how to be more connected with their souls and their oneness. I like that. With everything around them, then then trying to waste our time on picking out this part of the war or, or or this aspect of the puzzle or or this part of realism. Let's just go right to the center and concentrate on being human fucking beings and thinking of women is oh they like it when you put your hand on oh they like it when you really how many whores and strippers has that guy gone out with alright that's all I want to know he I mean, makes I've a strong case yeah. well I, surreal I, I appears, uh, appears to be a mis- is surreal on one hand feels you know a little misogynistic I don't misogynistic. know what the surreal thing is I don't know what that is no that's his name what... his name is Sir oh, okay. Real uh, as in oh, S-I-R-R-E-A-L oh <laughs> Why did I know he was going to chuckle like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Go with that, dude. Mr. Real. A lot of the things that I hear him say don't really resonate much with me because I, I don't have the same kind of horny dude uh, mentality. And I'm not interested in the, right. in the same things right. as, as he is. Yeah, I, no, I, no, I totally agree with you. I, I was just disturbed, you know, that he was thinking, he, he just sounding like this is gold this is my cult this is my belief like you know this works you know and i'm like yeah yeah a lot of that stuff works with a lot of chicks totally totally you know i'm not gonna i'm not going away from that yeah girls like the bad boy yeah 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 that's that's probably one of the things that they really have fun with me on is i'm just a fucking ticket you know but whatever you know i'm I'm a hundred percent real. You, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fucking sugarcoat it or, or give you any other way about it. But you know, now I've been with, and I've been with teachers, and um, I've been gentle and kind, and you know, they don't really appreciate that rough stuff kind of thing. Some women like to be yeah, just some women like it, but. And, yeah, some of them really like to be just like, you know, I mean, especially the nurse chick. She really was, uh, uh, she wanted to be mean. Where, where are you calling from? I'm just curious. Where are you calling from? Uh, where are you? I'm in Keene, New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Yeah. Wow, it's fucking cold out there. No, no it's, it's kind of warm. It's, about, it's probably yeah, in the, the 70s right now. Where are you calling from? Yeah, that's freezing um i'm in arizona oh okay all right cool man well hey thanks for yeah. sharing the thoughts tonight it's a dry it was a, cold i think it was a it was a, a useful counterbalance to uh to what surreal had to say and and i thank you and and typically during these uh conversations we never hear from the women they don't they have not called to tell us <laughs> they I can't talk about it were, man he was right <laughs> i think a certain amount of them were rolling their eyes during both of those calls i, I think that's probably that's probably true
Uh, because between the two of them, there's still other women that don't want what either of them are. Oh, I don't think that all women, and I don't think, uh, I don't think most people on the planet really know what they want. I don't even think they know what their type is. You know, people will Mm -hmm. say those things. So, I mean, uh, some of it's coaching for guys that don't know how to pick up girls. And, um, I think that there's something to be said for being real at the same time. Uh, I, you know, I don't know. It's not something that confronts me today. All right, gents, any other thoughts you want to share tonight with our wonderful audience? Nope, that's it. All right, so uh, visit Sam over at ObscuredTruth.com. Get more of his uh, excellent videos, and we're going to return you to our regularly scheduled programming already in progress. Good night. Death, its shadow followed Paul. Its hot breath had flowed across the back of his neck. Its cold fingers had caressed his throat. As Paul dabbles in the occult world of the Ouija board, a dangerous netherworld opens up to him, and he discovers the frightening possibility that a demonic dimension may be merging with our own. Read Matthew Wayne's debut novel, The Ouija-ers. To find out more, available now as an ebook at iPick Publishing, ipicpublishing.com. Come.